Welcome to episode 328 of Texting, hosted by myself, Justin Vincent, and Jason Roberts. Today it is Sunday, the 8th of December, and we're in Jason's um, amazing new Pasadena mansion. It is raining today. It is the perfect day for a Tesla Cybertruck. Uh, you're already wrong. Because <laughs> <laughs> this what. is not a mansion. <laughs> okay, yeah. Sorry, this is not a mansion. But it is the, it is a, the perfect day. It's a day. very standard craftsman house. Okay, house. I know. I'm just being facetious when I say that. <laughs> Although, do we have a really nice fire going here? So that I like fire that. is really the, 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 the Yule log Yule. fire. It's good. Is that what you say? Yule? I don't know. I guess. Yeah, they always say it on a card, right? Right. Yuletide. Yeah, I don't Yule know. tidings. But I, um, <laughs> you, you you walked in and you asked me earlier if that was real. And I said, well, if you stick your hand in it, it'll burn off. I mean, that'll... <laughs> well, it looks... I mean, I, But they, it's not they, a real log. It's fake logs. They make it out of clay or something, right? And then it's got gas underneath it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's got... It's a great feel. So you'll notice there are no dogs around. You might what, ask yourself... What is that about? Why are... Where are the dogs? Where are they? Yeah. Um, so actually, they're at obedience school. They need to learn some manners. Well, I was going to say <laughs> <laughs> that's that's uh, yeah, that's interesting. So tell me, what, like, well, what, actually, what does it so, mean? Well, so Sandy, you know, I, they're large dogs and Big. getting larger. So Maisie, the half German Shepherd, half Husky, is already north of seventy pounds, and the Ghost, the pure white German Shepherd, is only six months and is north of seventy. He's probably going to be 85, 90 plus pounds. I mean, he's That's a, a, he's a monster. Yeah. So as you know, when they come in and they bite, if they bite or jump on you, it's um, it's an event. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 a it's a. Uh, so I'm not the only one who's ever been nipped. You're the only one who's ever been nipped. Oh, okay. But um, you know, they're just if you have large dogs, you need them to be somewhat under control. Yeah. You know, and um, Sandy just wants the, the real reason was. I think, or at least the 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 spark for the whole thing is Sandy has been unable to take them out for a walk, yeah. Because when they're together, they'll randomly just start fighting, like really going after each other. Now for them, it's just play fighting, yeah. But it looks like it looks like a war, <laughs> and they're too big and strong for her to control them. What's she that, can't what's that hold Avengers? Them that Avengers movie that's Civil going out right? yeah. yeah, it's like <laughs> Avengers Civil War. It is. It's just, what happened is you get like a couple blocks down the street and they're just walking along fine. And you'll have both of them on. They had this one of these like um, a leash that's like a two-headed leash kind of thing. Yeah. You know? And then they'll just start going at it. And she'll... Oh my gosh. Three or four or five. And she's like trying to pull them off each other. And they're biting and wrestling. And, and then they'll just stop and be like, fine. No big deal. <laughs> go around for the way. She's just like, meanwhile, she's breaks into a switch. She's like, oh my god! And people are walking around like, what's going on? That's just like re regular siblings. Yeah, and she can't exactly. And so she she can't. She just doesn't like that at all. Yeah. And so she finally she found um this guy who's a uh, you know a dog trainer and it does you know that kind of stuff. And so um, it turned out that we were going to go. Sandy and I were going to go up to the barrier for um, a few days to visit some friends. Yeah. And What'd you say, Bavaria? Bay Area. Oh, Bay Area. Okay. Also known as Bavaria. <laughs> the Bavaria. <laughs> yeah, the Bavaria. Uh, the ba Bay Area. And um, initially, she was like, she, you know, the problem with us going out of town is that our youngest is scared when there's not an adult here. 
yeah they're, they're fine colby's 15 yeah yeah he's a i think you know what they can stay a couple days but it, it really gets scared so we wanted an adult to stay and um also the concern is the dog having an adult like you. having an adult here and have to manage those two dogs yeah you know one still puppies is a bit much so we were like okay if we take them to obedience school that's actually not that much more expensive than putting them in a like a boarding, yeah, boarding them. Yeah, yeah. And we were having to go like the week after we had to go to Sandy's parents' house for Thanksgiving. And so it's like, okay, three weeks of obedience school and, you know, we'll, they'll come back and they should be trained and then we can go out of town and we don't have to board them. And all I don't think it works like that though. All of a sudden three weeks and then they're perfect. Well, we actually just went and visited them. Yeah. Uh, yesterday. Okay. It's about a half hour from here and they were much improved. Much improved wow. following commands, okay. really at attention, all that kind of stuff. Huh. Um, and uh, Sandy's going to pick them up on Thursday. So, we, yeah, we have to keep following through, but now they, you know, they pay attention. They have commands that they, you know. I just wonder, like, what, what, what those dogs are doing there. That The trainer's probably sitting down with a pizza saying, hey, hey, guys, look, you got to be nice. Mm-hmm. Be nice to these parents. I'll give you this pizza. Right, right. <laughs> now, he, had, um, he had Ghost on a leash. Because when the ghost is on the leash, he's very attentive. Yeah. And um and when and you know, he is of course he's they're both super excited when we all show up. And um he was trying to keep them control and calm and not jumping on anybody and not, you know. But anyway, they will that's why they're not here. And when they come back and the next time you're here, hopefully there'll be a you will feel but they, less But they're also training you because they have to train you how to just right. them differently, right? Right. There's a we learned some things from him. Like you got to say this, you need to say that. You yeah. Need to be basically a lot of it is you have to be very clear. Yeah. About what you're, what you want them to do, and they're going to follow your lead. So if you get all crazy with them, they're going to get crazy. If you want them to be calm, you need to stay calm. You have you ever watched the Dog Whisperer? Uh, the, oh, that, that show. show. I've I've saw an episode or two like like a decade. It's ago always about being like you've got to be the alpha dog, right? That's you've got correct. to be the alpha. You've got to be like. So if you're if you're down the floor rolling around wrestling with them, then they're playing with you. They don't they don't want to listen so much, is what he said. Yeah, you know? yeah. But you know, and this, the problem is we have kids and they want to play. Of course, and, yeah. So we have to kind of come up with some kind of reasonable, happy medium where it's like, okay, you know, what do you want them to do? Get them to do that. Yeah, because it's like even with just regular kids, they find it really difficult to context switch between fun and serious. Yeah. Right. So. Much less canine kids. Canine kids, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Yeah, so, cool. uh, yeah. So we'll. Um, well, anyway. So today we're. You know, you will be unmolested during the show. Great. So that's, that's appreciate it. That's a that's good. Um, I um. So. I you know I texted you on Friday. I'm like we should do a show. Yeah. And one of the reasons maybe it's made me think about it. Because I don't always think about it until sometimes you, you you'll text me you're like, "Are we doing a show or <laughs> what?" You know, um, I, I I was talking to um, Justin, another Justin, Justin Skysick, who um, I'm going to just Sandy calls him the intern. <laughs> I'm the intern. <laughs> nice. So the intern and I, he's he was over here working with me on some stuff, and you know I'm always telling him stories and this and that, and I I was talking about the Tesla story and. Facebook and I said, you know, we should go back and listen to the show where I actually first bring up the whole thing. And so to search for it, and it was episode 212 from 2012. Wow. That's how long ago that was. Yeah. Which just goes to show you that in three we years, we're barely we did doing any episodes. <laughs> <laughs> like we did 212 shows in like three years, and then we've done like 100 shows in the seven years since. Yeah. So, 
a couple things I was thinking. First of all, there was some really funny stuff in that episode. There was <laughs> that Double Dollar Meets Hacker News. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, that was great. I can't. I, there was uh, there was of course the the the, the conversation about first wanting to buy Tesla and stuff. And you're like, what the hell is Tesla? It was like, what, 24 bucks or something? or $30, $30 yeah. Something like that. There was the, I didn't even know what who Elon Musk was. Yeah, I was like, yeah. what, what, who is this? What is this all about? Yeah. yeah. There was the, the LinkedIn debacle, which you may not remember. And that was really... Tell me, what was it? Well, I, okay. So here's what... Here's it's, always, what it's always me looking like a plonker, isn't it? No, That's that was it. me. Oh, that was you. Okay, that was my on. screw up. Go on, what? But... People in the comments said they were laughing so hard at the LinkedIn that one guy was, was driving and he was laughing so hard that he was like, what, that people would think he's like crazy. <laughs> anyway, I was like, you know what we should do is we should do a show where we go over and do like, we, we, we can put certain things that we talked about in context and then like go back to it and show that and just snip yeah, it yeah. into it. And, and I was thinking maybe for episode 333, 333. Okay. And, um, that will make that like a special kind of a. As long, I'm happy to do it as long as I don't have to be the one who goes and hunts through those 300 well, episodes. I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll try and find some stuff. And I was thinking three, three, three. Maybe it's three of this, three, three funny, three bad, three. It's, I will come up with some yeah. something that makes yeah. sense. But um, and then maybe get a little more motivation to do more episodes sooner. Yeah, if we can get to that. But um, I was like, I mean, there's so many times I talk to people. It's like, oh yeah, you know, Justin and I did that in the show. We talked about it in the show at one point. Yeah. Oh yeah, like. <laughs> We talked about everything, so we have literally. Well, but it's also people we know. Like, how many people on the show who we talked at the time are now billionaires? A lot. A lot. Patrick Except Collison. for us. Except for no, us. Right. <laughs> but a lot of those guys are doing really well. Like when you when you look at our guest list through on the texting wiki, it's like, oh wow, we really spoke to some. But we spoke to them before. You before, know? before they were. So cool. that's so that's why people should come on the show. There's a, there's because, a non-zero chance you'll be a billionaire yeah, within exactly. ensuing five years. It's, it's pretty likely. Yeah. So Gabriel Weinberg, I don't know if he's a billionaire, but he's probably pretty. Oh, close. he's very successful. He's doing so successfully. You know. Yeah. So and then Patrick Collison of Stripe. Yeah, I mean Travis Kalanick. Travis. Oh, there's a bunch of people who I was like, you know, how many billionaires do we have? Yeah. Um, but which, uh, which is it's that's that is an interesting thing. Like, what's I wonder if if that's the same for like um, other. Well, do you know the show called Who Wants to Be a Billionaire? And we'll, <laughs> <laughs> we'll just interview all the people who yeah. turned into became billionaires. <laughs> well, they've got that be way we can take though. that way we can take a little credit for it, whether or not we really do. It's due. We'll yeah. just, we'll claim it. Yeah, well, well, I mean, we've we've made people rich just from from your Tesla stuff, you know, just from <laughs> no, following yeah, Tesla and people people like buying Tesla shares. That's true. There were definitely some people who emailed in and said that they, like, yeah, you know, seeing actually made some uh, good Reyes, good sense. right? I can't remember Ben, Ben, right? Ben yeah, Reyes. Ben Reyes, of course. Yeah. And then there was a number of other people who emailed in, but um, yeah. So we should do we should do a show like that. But also, I'm a little more motivated to start doing more regular shows. You are. If you are. I am. I That's was, good. It's it's you you we've just had to pull back from it for a bit. I have basically stopped suggesting that we do shows. I've stopped texting you about it. I sort of feel like you're the girl that just needs to be like you know, just just like not pursued. <laughs> I just <laughs> and since I've stopped pursuing you, you've started like texting and like wanting wanting them to happen. I'm like, okay, cool. Well, you know what's interesting <laughs> is that there's so many. Just like I said, there's so many times that people talk about something. And I'll say, oh, yeah, we did that on the podcast. People are like, you have a podcast? I'm like, oh, yeah, we've done like over 300 shows. They're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, this guy, buddy, Justin, I've been doing this since 2009 for like three. They're like, what? So and I'm like, yeah, and it's it's a cool thing, you know? It's yeah. like, and I just sometimes I, I think I take, like a lot of things in life, you take it for granted. You're like, 
you know, it just, this, you know, it's it's been a good thing, and it's like I know we've 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 been really lazy be, about, it, or I've, I've been lazy about it, or whatever you want to call, it, been hesitant or resistant or something. But um, you know, I talked to we were when we were up in the um, we were up in the Bay Area, we were visiting. Uh, we had like four sets of friends we went to hang out with, and um, Doug and Jamie Tar. Doug is the one doing MV Code Club. MV, yeah. So we went and hung out um, at. Um, at their place, and right before we're about to leave and fly, come back to go, head down to the airport, she was like, "Oh, Jason, I want to ask you." She's like, "I've started to do a podcast. It's called Biased Cut." So she's in the fashion. She has her own fashion line. Yeah, she's a designer. Has been this for years. She's been pretty successful. But she and another um, a friend of hers who's in the industry have been doing this Biased Cuts. Yeah, podcast. And she was asking me, um, my advice on what to do. Mm-hmm. And I was just going on and say, okay, well, I would interview guests and people who you would like to be able to talk to in the field because, these, you know, this gives you a chance to actually meet them and talk to them. But then, and I said, and it makes your show more interesting. It adds a variety. And then sometimes they're, they're following or they're listening. It grows your come, show, yeah. grows your show. I said, but also what happens is, especially if you have them on more than once, I mean, you become friends with a lot of these people. Yeah. You know, and I wouldn't do it for that reason, but the side effect is it grows your network for yeah. sure. Um, and so I was going on all this, and I realized like like for 20, 30 minutes, I was giving her like all this, and I'm like, actually, podcasts are really good. They're kind of cool, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I said yeah, we should do this, and um, but I guess even more so when I was listening, when I was reading the comments on that sh- to episode 2012, I was like, yeah, you know what? It's it's it, the thing that gets me more excited is the comments from the listeners. Yeah. I always feel good about that. It's like, yeah, you know what? These guys are cool. We should. And, the, and the more content we put out, the more comments we'll get. That's true. Yeah, and also there was um, my, when we were at uh, Thanksgiving, my niece has a podcast as well. She does a podcast called Spicy Eyes and they do like, it's like food in Las Vegas, like restaurants. Well, she's, she's, a, she's like, she writes about food. Stuff. I mean, you you do realize that this is peak podcast right now. Like this yeah, everybody's is, podcast. It, like, so that means it's 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 gonna crash pretty soon. Uh, no, I don't. I don't think it's gonna the, crash. The I just think it's really like we are just we were we were one. We weren't one of the first, but we were like one of the innovators. In, in we were the, early. Yeah, we were relatively yeah, early. Yeah, we're definitely innovators. Everybody's doing a podcast. Um, so. So that means that there's an inevitable crash. That the, the winter is coming. No, what's going to come? What, what's inevitable is that we are going to explode. We it, mm. all we have to do is stick with it. I've been telling you, ten years. If once we stick with it for ten years and actually do it on a regular basis, we will then grow. All right, well, that's we'll my s- prediction. We'll see. Well, let's just start trying to do some more. We'll we'll let's, let's, right. let's try and get a little more regular <laughs> with this stuff. Yeah. So um, so what's what's new with you? Well. Did you watch the Tesla Cybertruck unveiling? <laughs> I heard about it. Well, did you watch it? Yeah, I did. So watch you it. saw where they he threw those metal oh balls God. at the that glass that was super. That was so awkward. Like, but let me just tell you from the beginning. So I've been watching. I'm super into the the Cybertruck. Like I've been even before it was released. But you're such not a car person, really, are you? So so he, or at least not he, a truck here's person. the thing. Like Blade Runner is kind of like a religion for me. The Blade Runner the movie, uh-huh. like, and you know that that's always been like one of my favorite things. Yeah. So the very first moment, I was sort of you know tentatively you know aware of this, but the first moment that he said, "No, no, it's like something that comes straight out of Blade Runner." My ears pricked up, and I've been like looking at all the designs and thinking about it and wondering what it could be like, and 
in in my heart of hearts, I didn't believe that it could be something that was straight out of Blade Runner. But I was sort of getting excited about the designs, and they they did kind of crazy designs. And then he then he said, "No, no, it's kind of like an armored, you know, like an armored vehicle that's straight out of Blade Runner." I was like, no, "It couldn't be, it couldn't be." And so anyway, I I watched the presentation, and then the way that they did it, it was just super short. It was just like fifteen minutes, something like that, and it was straight it was straight into it. It was just like some some weird funky music and some lasers, and then he was and he was like, "Oh, anyway, you know, here's." here's the Cybertruck. And it sort of drove to some big lights, big loud music, and it came through the smoke. And then there it was. And I mean, I will never forget the feeling of seeing that thing for the first time. It was, it was like, it, to, it must be how uh-huh. people, it was <laughs> like when, like the, someone landing on the moon or something. Like it was like, it was, that moment, it, it was like one of the moment. biggest moments for Where me. Where were you when they landed on the moon? Where were you when the Cybertruck was, was just unveiled? Like, I was just like, it can't, that can't be, it can't be that. That is too good. Like that, too like cool. that, that is just, can that be real? Like, is that really what it is? Oh, that's like, hilarious. it's just, it just looks so cool, you know? And then, and then when I started hearing, well, okay. So then there was that. So then I was like on this real high watching it and it was like amazing. And then he did everything. And then he, then he, he they hammered the door right? and right. they whacked the shit out of the door with the sledgehammer. I was like, Oh my God, this is incredible. It didn't make a dent. And they whacked the, they whacked the shit out of that Ford, Ford door and it like mangled it to crap. And I'm like, Oh my God. And then they dropped the, the ball bearing that was like about two inches, you know, and they dropped it from like 20 foot onto this glass that was laid flat. And it didn't make a dent in the glass, you know. So they had the glass. They kind of proved it. And then they, he got this, the the designer, who's like this big blonde German guy, straight, straight, you know, just classic German Aryan guy. And uh, <clears throat> threw it at the glass and it just smashed. And he, and, and Elon Musk was just like, oh my fucking God. <laughs> like, <laughs> he, he was like, that can't happen. That You could just see that he was like, you could just see, you could see him thinking. He didn't compute. He was basically yeah. doing calculations. He was doing you know vector over Does minus two, compute. vector over Does minus four. Compute. Like how is that possible? And so then so then the designer goes, you know, should we try it again? And and he's like, yeah, back window, yeah, yeah. So he's <laughs> the back window, and the same thing happens. And then he was just like, no, oh, no, no, <laughs> like happening. just looking this into the distance. Happening. And then he's just like, oh well, well. <laughs> Room for improvement. And then he just like starts talking about it, holds it. But in in the pit of my stomach, I'm feeling like from this high to this terrible low, it was crazy. Um, so you were feeling really bad for him. I was feeling really bad for him. But then he, but then he pulled through it. Then they started doing, they started doing rides. And then I saw, cause I was following Twitter at the same time. One of the, one of the guys there um, had, <laughs> had seen two engineers carrying the glasses like across you know running across the yard with these two new glasses and they they tweeted it with the walk of shame you know <laughs> <laughs> and people started driving around in it and then but then i was so surprised the negative attention that it got like people were just like it's so ugly i hate this like this is the worst thing i've ever seen i was like that how can you say that it's the best thing i've ever seen it's like incredible it's very polarizing because it's so extreme it's so different <laughs> It's so well, anytime, anytime something is <laughs> is really different, people will well, a lot of people will have that reaction. It takes well, it, usually you have to evolve design over time. It's kind of yeah. like it's like you remember um, you're Back to the Future. 
Yes. Where he jumps up at the very end, he's on stage playing music, and he starts playing like a I Chuck Berry. I remember the exact moment, and then he says, you guys aren't ready for that and, yet. Well, he's, he's playing Chuck Berry at <laughs> yeah. first, everybody just loves it, because yeah. that was just right ahead just of right. them. Just right, yeah. But yeah. then he broke into some like Van Halen or something, and, and people just thought like, he was insane yeah, they thought he was having like an yeah, episode yeah and he's like, you're you you guys i'm sorry i guess you guys aren't ready for this but your kids are gonna your love kids it are gonna love it yeah and <laughs> that's the kind of same thing you, you, you remember when um you remember did the overhaul of uh, facebook of the news feed and everybody flipped yeah. out it's just it's the same kind of thing so it's like you know that's why i think car manufacturing and all these types of People, they just evolve things slowly because it's like, yeah, there are cutting edge people, very designer to people who are really yeah. open to big new changes, but most people are not. And they react and they're just well, like, this and then is there's just also people who idolize Blade Runner and just the idea of driving around in anything that looks like it was from Blade Runner is like a dream come true. Well, and, and, <laughs> and the thing is, you can't please everybody, right. right? And I think there's that whole thing is like having an opinion and design. There's going to be more than enough customers who just are absolutely in love with this thing. Yeah, I heard I was on. Uh, you know, I was reading the Hacker News comments and. I read a ton of comments like that. They thought they had the same reaction to you. Like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Well, there's, but there's, you know, when when you actually look at the brass tax analysis, like obviously I've been like looking at I'm this sure on you YouTube have and all the different places and all that stuff. But um, actually, it because of, because of course Elon and the team did the whole first principles thing. They just said, eh, I don't care what a pickup truck is now. We're going to start from the beginning. Look at the functionality. Look at the utility. Well. If you look at the guys who manage the who manage truck fleets, they are like going gaga over this. They're like, "Oh my god, this is incredible!" Like so from you know, a business standpoint, from a business standpoint, really uh, from a regular from a regular truck guy owner who uses truck to do to you know to does a lot of work with trucks and stuff. There's so many things like what like one of the things is, you know, I park my I park my truck in in a regular parking space, and it's always wide. And four year old kids open the door. And I have dents in my truck all the time. And that happens all the time. This would get rid of that. So that's just, just on the very basic thing. That's, yeah. That is like cool. You but know? it's so, super powerful. So I can have longer. a fleet of trucks and I don't have to do that. But, th but let's say I have my fleet of 20 trucks. Like this is literally what someone was saying on right. YouTube. So I've got, I've got a fleet of 20 trucks, which I don't have to take in for tune-ups. You know, right. each truck has to go in two times a year, you know, for oil, for all the different yeah, things. Yeah, because the electric engines are so much simpler. They have, right. they make much, much, much uh, less maintenance. Then the fact that they built the bed thing into it, like yeah. they have to carry ramps so that they right. can move stuff into the back of the no, truck, no but it's got care. a ramp built in. He's like, that's easier for my guys, you know? And the fact that it's got compressors in, well, they all have to carry compressors because they use, because the, air compressors power those those bullet gu the guns, yeah, you know, yeah, nail guns and, stuff. and uh, you know, various different tools that they use. It's got that built in, you know, so that's something else that I don't have to oh, worry about. Oh, air compressor, really? Yeah, it's got an air compressor built in. Because Holy crap, because those are heavy. It's using the same air compressor that it uses for the suspension. They just built that into an air compressor that you can like plug it in. Does, so Does the air compressor kind of re, like it gets, because like an air compressor, so if you bring an air compressor to like, you know, sometimes it would it would it would do the compressed air you would use to like I don't know for spray paint yeah, or something it can, it can and things do all like that. that. Stuff, yeah. Does does it sort of regenerate itself because of the braking and stuff? Yeah, exactly. So it it, it so you don't have to go to like the hard and get like a whole have, new yeah. thing of compressed air. Yeah, for for spray painting, for for guns, for all the different things that they use compressed air for. Holy crap! That's just plug it in, plug it in. So just purely from like. A business owner's like, look, this is not like a personal like design statement for me. Like, this is a truck I drive around. Like, I don't give a crap. I run business. I have trucks going around. This is I'm going to buy for this because this makes more business. Sense I mean, for me. what what 
like I think I saw about four different guys talk about this and they're like, I don't really like the design, but that doesn't matter. Like I just want it because it's functional. Like I don't, I'll, I'll put up with the, with the design and people thinking I'm weird for the functionality, yeah, for the cost savings. They don't care. And the different thing. Like, and it, it, it's, it's going to have um, two, 240 and 1010 volt like bank, like so you can just sort of plug directly into it. But also the way that they've built it, they've built it in a very modularized kind of, I sort of think it, I think it truly is the iPhone of, of it's Tesla's iPhone moment because it, they've built it in this way where it can be extendable. And cause it's sort of, you know, you'll be able to like plug things onto the back of it, like plug in a camping, a, a camping module, mm-hmm. you know, and just sort of customize wow. it. And I don't know. Anyway, I think it's really good. I mean, I've all, I have wanted to buy a Tesla ever since you mentioned Tesla and I started learning about them and I thought model three was going to be my first car, but you might actually get a, the Cybertruck. But, but, you know, I mean... How much do they cost? Uh, well, they they have three different models. It's a, it's a, a 40,000 model, which is just a rear-wheel drive. That's it? A 50,000 model, which is an all-wheel drive. And then a 60,000, which is a, has three engines and, like, and they yeah, have like really double... fast. Wow. But, you know... That's, I would love to see you pulling up oh, in a no, Cybertruck. That would feel like I'm living. I would. I, I, if, if you I'm, pull up in a Cybertruck, well, it, you see, that would be I was cool. going to get it. Well, for, I can't afford it yet, but when I can afford it, I will. I will get one. But I was originally going to get a Model Three, and we've myself and Jack have been into the Tesla shop to to look at the Model Three a lot of times, and we've sat in it a lot of times. But you know what? The Cyber, you know, Model Three is good for for someone normal, but the, the Cybertruck is the right truck for a mountain man, which you're not. What yeah, you no, you're not a mountain man. Oh, I didn't tell you that we bought a house in the mountains and that we're moving to the mountains and that I'm a mountain man. That would be news. Oh, well, <laughs> we bought a house in the mountains. Are you serious? Yeah. What? I thought you were kidding. Okay. What, what, what mountains? Um, Twin Peaks next to Arrowhead. And we are moving there. So that's going to be your actual home. That's our actual home. Yeah. So then we're not going to be doing the show very much anymore. We will be doing the show very much because it's only an hour, uh, like an hour and 10 away. So that's it's not that far. Way. So um, George is going to be commuting three times a week and I'm pretty sure I'll be with her. Wow. Okay. So, <laughs> what? Like, so is this going to be like one of the Savannah thing? I knew, I knew the first thing you would say is it's Savannah 2.0. <laughs> exactly. It's not. It's Mountain Man 1.0. It's not Savannah 2.0. It's not Savannah 2.0. Because it's, we have been there so many times. It's Savannah 2020. <laughs> we have been there so many times, you know, and we, really? we, we absolutely love it. And we've just been wanting to buy a house. So it's actually very first principle thinking, to be honest. We want, it, it gives us the possibility of buying a house. Well, here's, okay, there's a couple of questions for you. I yeah. mean, um, the, we, you guys, because before you had Jack, you guys would go out to eat all the time. Yeah. And so one of the big things of living in a place like Pasadena is lots of food and entertainment. Yeah. But with having a kid, I don't think you guys have, a, you don't do that very often. Yeah, it's not the same. I mean, we still do, but it, I think it transitioned to, to DoorDash. Right, you so know. you don't. So the question is, can you access the same type of food entertainment up there, at least enough of what you want? Oh, well, we've, we, we, we do a lot more cooking now ourselves. I mean, okay. but we can. They do. I mean, they've got, they've got good stuff up there. I'm yeah. sure they got a few things up there, yeah. but I can't have... They don't have this. like the same, the same level of stuff, but, but they, they pretty much have exactly what we like. Okay, because one of the problems I think when you went to Savannah is like you did all the restaurants in like two weeks. You're like, okay, oh, so no, now no, we're kind of no, done. No. Well, but, but keep in mind, like we're, we're, in, we're in commute distance from... I mean, we're in commute distance from here. 
Yeah, you know? well, that's true. It's, you know. a, it's a bit of a haul. So here's a th- question, though. Are you guys buying it with somebody else? No. You, you're actually going to... Well, no, we're moving own. out. We're, fi- we're liberating from the people that we've been living with for now four years. So we've that's been get- four years? We're getting our own house actual house we're going to own it and i didn't have to i I didn't have to like become rich through you know modern teacher or whatever and that's that's kind of the point so it's like you know i've always said to georgie you know you should optimize life in one of two ways and maybe even you we've discussed this which is live right in the middle of things and be walking distance from a lot of staff and it's okay if you pay pay a lot for that but it's just a really great life experience or live a little bit further out and have a way cheaper cost of living you know, but we've always been in-betweens. So the in-between is yeah, like the worst scenario. It's super you're, expensive, but, but you're, you're nowhere near anything. But you're not really, yeah, yeah, you guys aren't really walking. Yeah, so so yet. basically the, you know, the first principle aspect of this is it cuts, it cuts our, our effectively cuts our rent in half. So we're moving from a, a monthly payment of 4,000 to 2,000, essentially. Wow. How, you know? big is that, how many square Which feet is big. do you have? But it's, well, it's a three bedroom house with, it's, it's almost the same size. Okay. Almost the same size and cutting our cost in half. And it's it's so beautiful, and it's so quiet, and it's we've got our own private forest. Like wow. it's how so many, how many acre, beautiful. How much acreage do you have? Um, it's it's a little under 0.4 acres. So, but that that's big. I mean, you know, 0.4 is big. Half is, an is acre. a lot. Of, yeah, okay. half an acre. Yeah, and uh, but it's beautiful. It's right there in the forest, and it like we we do like snow, and it snows like probably a month a year. You know, so there's going to be okay. Be that and. It's 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 a stunning house. It's really really nice. I think oh, you'd appreciate it. Wow, that's that is new. So I want to yeah. see a photo. Do you have a photo of it? Yeah, I do. So uh, we should have to post it up on the yeah, uh, sure. on the sh- in the show notes. Yeah, and I'll show you know I'll show you, and it's it's really nice. And George is going to be able to do it up great, and all the furniture that we already got is going to be just going to slot right in. All right, it's going to be great. And wow. I'm going to get a, I'm going to get a hot tub. Are you get a yeah. hot tub? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> In the Lake Arrowhead. How do you get up there? Is that a, which road? Which so basically, you, you go to um, go to Pasadena, and then you know the main highway right there in the middle that goes cuts through Pasadena. What one thirty four two ten one two ten? Maybe it's the two ten. I mean, just you know, Lake. There's a there's a freeway underneath Lake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So take two ten up towards San Bernardino, and then you sort okay. of turn left at San Bernardino into the mountain, up, and it's the first the uh, the. Um, that's a two fifteen or something. Eighteen, eighteen. You so you go from two ten to the eighteen, which just goes up the mountain, and then it's the first town there, Twin okay. Peaks. And okay. I don't know if Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks, yeah. It's like the. Uh, I, I TV don't know. Show. If, yeah, I mean, it might well be the namesake of that show. I'm not sure though. I'm not sure. No, Twin Peaks took place in the uh, Pacific Northwest, I think. So I doubt it. Okay. But he anyway, might, might, yeah. Anyway, so no, I I didn't mean the location. I meant the namesake because he authored. Okay. You might have authored it here as well. Oh, okay. I was thinking, you know, okay. just use that as a name. Um, but yeah, it's exciting. Oh. We're like, it's not uh, finalized yet. We're still in escrow, and they the only part left to do is to get the valuation. And then mm. once that valuation is done, then it should the go assessment through. or yeah, well, not assessment. assessment, but it's the yeah. Uh, that's right. No, it's it's you're right. Assessment. Yeah. Yeah, they they come on like okay. Well, anyway, cool. So I don't think it's going to change. I mean, I I feel almost 100% certain that it isn't going to change how often we do the show because I'm going to be in Pasadena three times a week anyway. George is, George is going to be coming down. I mean, it's, she, she still has her clients on the weekend. And when, when are you going to commute? Um, what times of the day? 
what days? Because I, I, I mean, the traffic can be pretty. It's going to be early. I mean, we're always up early every day anyway. Jack goes to bed early and we're up early. We're up. Okay. They're up at 5.30 every day. Good. God. Yeah. So. Okay. Right. You know, so we'll be commuting you that, that early. You can yeah. go anywhere you want. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's, let's, uh, let's, let's keep moving on. Yeah. So, let's, so what's. um. Wait, well, no, let's talk about your thing when, the, when, oh, okay. I, when I walk through the door. Okay. You, so, all right. Yeah. Tee it up. So I'm going to take a step back before I get to, to, to that specific oh, thing. Oh, okay. And that's what will make, make a little more sense. So one of the um, my ideas for how we would get customers, get, you know, so what are for, get attention is through putting uh, videos up on YouTube because we have, you know, over 300 videos already. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, tutorial videos on you know, completing the square or calculating, you know, the ratio test or whatever, some math topic. And so um, I asked Justin, the intern, to, uh, so he's, I mean, he's actually paid, so he's not an intern at all, but. Yeah. Um, it's just what Sandy calls him. So she calls him the intern. He's, he's like, uh, he's 23, super, super smart guy, um, has a math degree, he's getting his master's in computer science, um, and uh, we basically adopted him because he's here basically every day working <laughs> with me and stays for dinner most nights. Nice. <laughs> so okay. He's, um, and uh, so anyway, um, I said, he, you know, he said, he spends a lot of what he's done is, you know, he helped me a lot with a lot of the algorithms and stuff because mm-hmm. I needed, I needed somebody like that to, to really um, throw, throw that. But also he's been doing all the videos. He's also as a TA for Math Academy and, yeah. uh, and other stuff. So, um, I said, hey, um, just why don't you take a look at the videos that have a lot of um, views, a lot of math, the math videos have a lot of views and try and figure out what we need to do. What, what, what do they have in common? Da, 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 da. And, 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 you know, and I, I was, and he and I were both looking through tons of articles on how to, how to optimize for SEO on YouTube and all the things you should be doing in terms of keywords and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And he, he was doing he was doing a bunch of research on it. He turned around and looked at me, and he goes, "You know, most of the stuff they're saying is not true." Uh, on all these, like, you know, twenty things to do to get your YouTube video, at, you know, more views or something. And he's like, you know, whether you use long tail or short tail or a lot of short tail stuff, it doesn't ma- It doesn't seem to make a difference. He's like, you know, audio quality and some of these that have tons of views is really poor video. It's like whether it's a long or short, doesn't seem to make a difference. What does make a difference if it's been up there for more than two years? Yeah. And I was like, <sighs> he's like, you know, everything that has 50,000, 100,000, a million views or whatever, it's like either the video itself has been up there for four, five, six, seven, eight years, or it's been up there a year and a half, two years, but it's with a channel that's been around for yeah. a long time and has a lot of other videos. Yeah. And I was like, <sighs> Okay, so I was like, this is depressing because I thought we could just blanket YouTube with those videos and we would sort of relatively, in relatively short order, start getting some attention. Mm -hmm. You know, people would start coming across our videos, we would promote, you know, the Math Academy, you know, platform on these, in the videos, and that we would naturally get this sort of organic growth. And I said, all right, so let's, I said, all right, so we need to rethink things because if we have to wait two plus years, we're dead. So that's a non-star. I said, we'll, 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 we'll put videos up there because it's a long-term investment and eventually it'll pay off and we'll start getting, you know, getting some um, traffic. But 
really what we have to do is we need to do what every startup should do, which is create a great product, as good of a product as you can, really dial into your first users, iterate that until they absolutely love the product and have those people, and, th and then at which point they will naturally start telling other people about it. You know, it's the same thing we've talked about Airbnb, how they used to talk about that. And yeah. I tell these stories to, when I advise companies and stuff, I always go through that whole thing. It's like, you know, Airbnb after like a year and a half, and they still only had like a few reservations a weekend. And, you know, they would go and you know, spend time with their, um, with their uh, first users and all that kind of stuff. Um, and what a big deal that was. And I'm like, that's, that's what you have to be doing. You know, it's better Great, to... Create a minimum lovable product. Exactly. So I funny, actually you brought that product and then there was a whole big thing on article and someone that was already up there. So I'm like, all right, you're in the zeitgeist. So the... Um, I'm like, so that's what we have to do. We have to make the product awesome. It has... And, and at the same time, I was reading... Uh, so sometimes what I'll do is I'll listen to video... Or I'll watch YouTube videos while I'm working or listen to them while I'm working yeah, because yeah. it's like... If I'm not using 100% of my brain, if I'm only, it's like, this is relatively easy, I'm, I'm validating a form or something, it's just like, I get really bored really fast. Yeah. And so I have to have something keeping me from mm -hmm. like going off and reading something on Hacker News or yeah. doing something stupid. So, <laughs> yeah. So among th uh, the things that I did, I was, I was um, listening to um, or watching videos about Steve Jobs. In particular, interview, a few talks that... Um, um, was it oh Walter Isaacson? Is that a guy who did the? Uh, he wrote the the Steve Jobs biography. He and his, his you know which came out in two thousand seven. It's just fantastic, and he's a great. Um, he's he's a great uh, storyteller, and he, and the one thing about Steve Jobs, which was just which everybody knows, but it's just this absolute commitment to creating an amazing product. Yeah, to not compromising on the details, to getting things right, and 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 um, and and uh, just not taking shortcuts. Yeah, and I was like, okay, you know, I've taken over the the, the development of stuff. We need to sit back and think, what would make this the ultimate learning experience? And I was like, you know, I don't think what we have is. I was like, we have a lot of great content. It works, but. We need to simplify it, and we, we need to do rather than saying, "Okay, hey, you know, you're learning this topic on I'm completing the square, and here's a tutorial, and here's a video you can watch if you want, and then there's some pr optional practice questions at the bottom of the page, and then when you've done that for the first couple of new assignments, which you can see on their sidebar, then you can start the assignment." It's way too freeform. It's way. And what happens with kids is they don't do the things you're supposed to do. You know, we'll find out, did you watch the YouTube the video? Did you do the practice questions? Oh, no, I just, you know, they just, and, and it's like when you're, when you're teaching someone, you're tutoring someone, you are, you go through step by step. Okay, we do this. This is what this is. Here's an example. Now you do an example. Now, based on how they already did an example, we'd maybe do another one or maybe there's a little more explanation. And it's just this step-by-step -step process. Um... And I said, you know, we need to make this like a wizard that just goes to steps. Yeah. Which isn't particularly innovative in the sense, I mean, people have done things like this. I think, you know, like Code Academy yeah. does this for the coding, you know, th you go through, do this and do the step. And I was like, but that's what we got to do. We have to make it, we have to wizardify this 
this process because we have to force the student to do what they're what they need to do because especially when a lot of your like the 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 customer a lot of cases will be the parent but they're trying to get the kid to learn the stuff but if a kid is not doing what they're supposed to be doing because they're being a kid and they're being lazy and they're taking shortcuts and if it doesn't work and we don't get the result they want then it's the product's fault so you have to simplify the product and make sure they do it. Yeah. And you also don't want, and what I would have to do a lot of times when I do the bridge course is I would send like a three-page PDF to the parents and like, this is how they should use the product. This is how they should use the learning tool. Yeah, yeah. That is not good. That's too much of a pain. Yeah, it's too much pain he, on the Hey, parents. here's a three-page PDF on how to use Instagram. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, like, no, that's bullshit. That's terrible. Yeah. The, the UI should be so obvious. It should walk you through what you yeah. do. And so I um, I came up with an idea of how to how to get things moving in that direction. I'm creating like a, a lesson, what I call like a lesson. So instead of the tutorial, there is now a lesson, which is like a series of steps. And each step can be either uh, text, you know, it can be a question, which, you know, you have to answer, multiple choice question. It could be a video. And, and we can also put some additional stuff, like if they miss this, then they do this. If they get it right, then they do this. And so we can really kind of control the experience and yep. make sure that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing and not allowing them to go on until they've done this thing or at least attempted it. But also be able to track and say, like, you know, they, they race through it and say, hey, make sure you, <laughs> are you sure you understand this? You yeah. know, because like, hey, they, it's been 12. They, they apparently they didn't, clearly did not read the tutorial in 12 seconds. Mm-hmm. You know, make sure it's important. And so that we can also track that so that you can say if students are struggling, it's like, well, they didn't do this and they didn't do this. And the parents can see like, hey, what are you doing? Like, you know. You gotta, yeah, you gotta do it. So I started thinking through all that, and I've just been really focused on like, like we have to make this great. If we make it a great product, you know, I I, I say saying it'll market itself is not true, but it'll make ten times oh, easier. Word of mouth, yeah, yeah, for sure. But that, that's what we gotta do. Yeah. Um. So along those lines, you know, I was building, I was building sort of the wizard authoring tool, you know, where you can say insert a video, insert a question, rearrange things, that kind of stuff. I was looking at the videos, so insert video, and I was like, you know, even though our videos look good and they're consistent, it still doesn't totally blend with the look and feel of the tutorial because it's a video. You know, even if even though I've customized it, it's not YouTube, it's a Vimeo thing. We have a professional account, so we can customize the controls degree. It still kind of feels a little tacked on. Right. And I was like, you know, what would be really awesome is like if we had something that where it's like you could have a series of like, you know, because if the videos are of Justin, you know, solving a problem and, and, and are drawing a picture or whatever with his pen and you're seeing the stuff appear as he's writing it. I was like, what if we did the same thing, but he's talking, but then the equations are sort of appearing. So it's all integrated with a look. It looks beautiful. It actually looks like a wait, wait, moving, wait. a living. It looks like a, a tutorial is alive. But basically you mean, um, you don't mean appearing in the video. You mean just appearing in the text. In the HTML. In the HTML. So you're this page. And instead of just looking at some static text of here's the solution to a problem, you have to kind of read through it. It's like you hit like play or you scroll down and it immediately starts going, okay, so this example, da 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 da, da and, you, and you have someone talking over it. And so I, no video. So no video just the audio playing over. And I'm like, and I'm thinking, yeah, I think I've seen something like that before. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and, just, and um, the intern shows up a few minutes before you because he's actually, he also is, is over here to tutor Colby in some calculus. And uh, I mean, in some uh, physics. And um, I said, wait, let's talk about something for a second. Because I, I, was, I was sort of throwing this stuff at him 
these ideas at him on Slack. And at first, my idea was like, you know, it'd be really cool if like we could have a, an, a machine learning algorithm that could turn a video of you doing a solution into <laughs> an actual text. Talk and about the long way around. And he's like, he's like, yeah, but what do you do about graphs and stuff? I was like, oh yeah, that would be pretty hard. <laughs> I'm like, okay, okay. So then I'm like, all right, let's. And then I started thinking about, okay, okay, what if we did something else like this? And because I'm sitting here thinking, you know, and I and I kept telling him, I said, look. Just let's just think R and D. Just just throw away what we know about what we're doing or how we're doing things. What would be awesome? I mean, what would be truly, you know, as they say in the Airbnb thing, like a ten star experience. You know, and I'm like, it would be all this integrated thing where there'd be like an explanation and stuff would be changing as they're talking and evolving, and then there's interact and then you have to do stuff that would be like jaw-dropping cool. Nobody's doing anything like that. And he's like, and at first, he's like, well, that, I don't, how how would you even do that? I'm like, dude, I built PowerPoint in a browser in 2004. Like, I can, <laughs> like, we can figure this out. But then I start thinking, I said, also, there's this thing called speak. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I have to talk to Justin. I said, you know, I don't know if Speak does it or maybe he can just sort of talk to me through, through like how I would, if I need to do something custom to do it. I was like, but he, and, I, and luckily he's going to be here in like seven minutes so we can talk to him about it. Um, so yeah, I just started thinking, you know, it's like a little different use case than what you had mine. Yours is much more marketing and onboarding and instruction as opposed to like some sort of super, uh, um, type of interactive tutorial well, not exactly what what i what i had said last time the last thing that i came away with was actually that it i was going to create this smorgasbord of different concepts and think of it more like an adobe type tool and just sort of have a, a showcase of using it for all sorts of different things yeah you did say that and, That's and true. this That's is true. definitely one of those things because this is what i got from the feedback you know like a number of people said they wanted it to be fully interactive where you know you type stuff and then it, it was listening for events and then it started playing again doing stuff afterwards so yeah yeah no so that's so i'm really i'm really excited about building a proof of concept of this to see if we can get this to work as well as i think it could work um the question is is do you want like if i know you you won't want any any sort of speak thing to show you'll want you'll want it to be like no fully nothing. fully custom so what will what where we'll have to do the work is is creating like a timeline dragger type thing like, well, I don't care what's on the. Um, do, do you care? About I don't that? care what's on the authoring tool. I'm no, no, about no. The but student. on the playback, the way that it works right now is it pops out the bottom left-hand corner, and then there's there's the person, the speaker's face. Oh, so face. you can have control over it and stuff like that. Is it? So, so as a user, you the, the timeline stuff is built into that little widget that pops out. So you press play, and then it goes. Oh yeah, through I don't there. want any of that kind yeah, of thing. But you are going to want a timeline. I want. Yeah, I would probably possibly something really, really understated yeah so it's that that's where we're gonna have to talk because that's where it slightly differs you because you could have three or four or more five of these sort of mini videos integrated to a document or let's just say at one time you have an integrated view of document it's just kind of like it's it's just like you you go to the next step let's say you're gonna learn a lesson and go to step one okay now go to step two and then it immediately starts auto playing you know this kind of a thing, but maybe it has some kind of a subtle, you know, a subtle like um, 
restart or something or you know whatever. Yeah, I mean you you definitely have to give the user some control over it because they're so like, you don't, don't want the, you don't want a playhead that they can drag. No, I, you're probably right. I mean, think we probably would need something, but I yeah. I would want it to very much integrate in with the with the UI. I'd want to yeah. have some kind of custom ability to customize that. That's what we'd have to think about. So that that's interesting because it brings it brings speak back to its um its truly core utility. Like the hard stuff is the synchronization, mm-hmm. keeping track of time, the frames, you know, all that kind of stuff. So that that's interesting. It does like bring it it brings it back to its more basic, just like as if it was a Twilio, you know, like, you know how Twilio isn't really anything. It's just an API that lets you do whatever you want. Of, yeah. It has lots yeah. of building blocks and stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah so exactly. Bring, bringing speak back to something like that, which is, you know, I had been, I'd been wondering about that. Yeah. So if, if you're willing to support me as a, as, as a high maintenance beta customer, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's a good, that's yeah, <laughs> no, I'm sure it'd be fine. Yeah. Sure yeah. Fine. So, but I'd like to. I'd like to try now. The, th- the thing is, we've shot. We've have over three hundred videos. Yeah. So probably won't do it. We think we're going to redo that for every video. But if I can come, if I can build an authoring tool on my part, and you know that, or, or something that allows us to figure out how to how to adjust things, so that we, you know that. I mean, we I, I, we have to make it so that it's relatively easy to build these things, these animations. Should be pretty the, pretty simple to migrate those videos into that format, though. You just grab the audio, put it in there, and then just. Build a series of build yeah. a, you know very building a series of document updates yeah. marked to time to a certain time time code. Yeah, so we just have to create some kind of um, just pr- total proof of concept. It's not going to look like what you want, but it might do what you want, and then we'll work out okay now how are we going to style this and make it look like what you want. Yeah, and how can I build an authoring tool or tweak the authoring tool so that he can create these things efficiently. It doesn't take, you know, 10 hours to create an animation. So we can, yeah. we can go through, low through this. Cause ideally yeah. I would like to have him move all the videos over. Yeah. I think and then you, create the yeah. other thousand plus videos that we're going to create and make them all animations. But now how, how does that play with regard to, well, maybe that plays even better from an SEO point of view, because that actually it, it is SEOable. You know, maybe so. Well, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, we'll because have, it's the real thing. Yeah, it's, it's not, and we'll ha- we'll we'll, ha- we'll still have all the videos on YouTube. Yeah. Anyway, so one thing he does, which we might continue to do, is shoot the video anyway. Because once you shoot the video and he has the voice, then it's easy to create the animation after. Like it's really hard to fit voice. He's found it's really hard to fit voice to an animation. It's like do the voice as if you're doing it. Yeah. And then you can make the animation work. You know what you that. could do. Once you get it so that it's really easy for him to do voiceover and then make the animation from the document so it's using the latex stuff, you could just record that as videos and put that on YouTube. So so that way you could have thousands of videos on YouTube. Right. You know, as as another way in. In the same way that we could, you know, if we were smart, we could release this podcast on YouTube, but we don't. You know, that's what podcasters do. Right, right. Yeah. Right. Now it's... Good point. You know, and see, one of the one of the also the big benefits of doing this is anytime we want to change a style, maybe we want to maybe we want to bump the font up. Yeah, a point you can't yeah. do. Once you shot a video, you're done. Oh no, you can't it's do anything. Yeah, it's locked. Yeah, and I hate that. So just having the sort of flexibility to evolve things over time is, in my eye, yeah, a huge win. 
yeah, that's 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 cool. So anyway, I'm super excited about this. So yeah, you said you'd be a week or so. You have something that you I could play with, or we, yeah, I, won't put, will, I don't want to put pressure on you, but no, we as sh- long we as you just, can have it like by tomorrow, would be we, great. we should just have a conversation and spe- <laughs> and spe- and and spe- specify it. Okay, I'll show you the API that I've already got. Yeah, and then we can just like have a look at that and just see. You know, cobble something together and see yeah. where the rough edges are. Yeah, oh, this would be cool. I mean, I'm pretty sure that it already would work out the box. The only issue is the 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 display of the the, the widget sticking out from the side. Right. Just don't that's have. The only, yeah, that's we the just only create piece. our own custom. Have a way of. I mean, ultimately, you're gonna want you users are gonna want to be able to customize. Just like in Vimeo, if I have a professional account, I can customize. Don't show this. Don't show this. Make this big. I want this full size. You know, they should be able to customize this to a degree. But why can't I mean it? Why can't that be a general thing? I mean, why? Like, what is what is wrong with that? What is wrong with that? It looking like that? Because uh, I want to look native to the site. I want to be hundred percent. Why couldn't it look? Why wouldn't it be native? It would be the same coloring. It would be the same styling. Have the same font. I just I don't I want it to be in the page. I don't want to be down in the corner or up here. I want it to okay. be yeah right there, and I want it to be very. Um, I can't think of the word, but but um, understated. I don't want mm-hmm. it taking up. A, I don't want it to be a. I don't want a widget. Yeah, got it. Yeah. I don't want a big. I don't want a rectangle or something that's hovering over. But do you want the playhead that. to move as it goes? Yeah. So the the one thing that kind of reminded me of the only thing that I've seen that were remotely like that was is this website called Math is Fun, and they have an animation for polynomial division. Yeah, which is really, really annoying to try and show, like in steps, because it just is like long division, right? With but with you know long division, you know, like yeah, but doing it with like um with um an algebra plot, so it's like a it's a really uh, it's almost impossible for you to learn by just looking at it. But they did this little animation, this custom animation, which I tried to reverse engineer at one point, and I was like, wow, that was really tricky how they did that. Um, but it was just in the page and they had like a little play thing and it was just like a little animation that would just go and it was a custom animation. It wasn't flash or a video. It was just some JavaScript moving some elements around. There's a there's a website that is pretty much the same kind of technology as Speak and they teach coding and they do and it it it, it works really well. And they have like a play a playhead thing. I'll have to find find the link for that. Yeah. But it's not open source or anything. But we could sort of we could model it on that, you know. Something, Something like that, yeah. Super, super, super simple. Yeah. I mean, because at the moment I haven't, I guess what I could do is just like open up the JavaScript API to the animation stuff as well. Mm-hmm. And then use that to drive the animation of the widget, you know? So because basically all it, all it is is like, you know, playhead is here. The width the width of the element is 100%. At this, at this current moment in time, the playhead is 15%. And as, you know, because yeah, right now it's just you just expose the events as opposed to like the driving of it, right? The driving mm-hmm. things, the control, like do this, stop, exactly. start. Exactly. I so just do. You no, just, no, I do. I do expose the controls. So, so I do have that in the API where you can build your own stop button, the only and play button and pause button and all that. The only piece that I and you can bind it. That's all in the API. Okay. The only piece that I haven't built is for you to create because I just didn't think about the use case is to you to create a custom play bar. Yeah. Like, and, and if you think about it, a play bar is, it's not ridiculously complex. You have a playhead, the playhead is a certain percentage along the line. So as long as you sort of follow the same element kind of concepts mm-hmm. and specify what the play bar is. Sounds like a couple of functions with a few parameters. Right. Exactly. It's not like yeah. a big deal. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, that th th kind of, and one thing I, I've been talking with, uh, with yeah, the intern, I'm just going to refer to Justin as the intern. The intern otherwise otherwise yeah. it's too confusing. Yeah. Um, oh, because like, of course I'm Justin. Justin I forgot right. about like, that. Who the hell yeah. is Jason talking about? That's um, why she says the intern. I see. Right. Yeah. The intern. You're, and, and normally we refer to you as JV. Okay. JV. I'm JV. It's <laughs> JV. He's the intern. The intern. Right. Nice. Um, so is, is, Constantly try not to let yourself get caught in the what's possible and what's impossible. Like you just, you, 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 cause you get so, it's like that whole saying, like whether you can or you can't, you're right. Whether you think you can or you can't, you're yeah, right. It's yeah. like you're, we're, we put our own limitations on there. We don't even think past them because we don't allow ourselves to, you know, what was that Alice in Wonderland or something? I think three impossible things before, or through the looking glass, three possible things before breakfast or something. Yeah. I, there's some, some line like that. And it's like, trying to imagine something and I, and I keep telling Justin, like, okay, I want, I want to just, just do that. Try and think of something that's far, even the beyond perfect thing. the yeah. perfect thing. And, um, is this the perfect thing? It's like, no, it's not the perfect thing. So then what is the perfect thing? And it's again, I, I mean, I've, re I've referenced it, but I'm just going to go back to it. Cause I think it's a great thing. Um, a, a great, um, exercises. The, the, uh, Brian Chesky talked about this in a, an Airbnb interview yeah. and he said, you know, they go through the, like, what's a one star experience. Okay. You go, you show up to the place, you knock on the door, no one's home. <laughs> okay. Right. You have to come back later. It's two star experience. You go, you stay the night, blah, blah, nothing special. What's a five star experience. You know, your host picks you up at the airport, brings you home and says, Hey, I know you're into surfing. So I got some surfboards. You can use my surfboards yeah. over there. And I signed you up for surf lessons. And, um, by the way, I, um, made reservations for you guys at the best restaurant in town and you can use my car. People are like, that's amazing. Like, we're going to use this, <laughs> you know, so we're going to tell everybody. And it's like, okay, what's a seven-star experience? Okay, you arrive in the airplane. It's like the Beatles. Kids, <laughs> you know, girls are screaming. Yeah. Okay, what's a 10-star experience? Okay, you show up. Girls are screaming. Blah, blah. Elon Musk is there, and you go to space. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> and um, and uh, so it's it's a key going through the expo. So when I, I tell the intern, I say, Think about it. What what's what's our ten star experience? What's our five? Is this it? And I said, I don't think this is. I don't think this is as good as it can get. You know, because I had him. He he was doing the videos. He did the videos, and they were good. And I said, you know, I just, you know, I wonder if we could do this better. I wonder if we could do that better. And so he said, all right. And so he went back to scratch, and he was looked at all of the best videos. He looked, what's that one blue three one brown three blue or whatever that, and minute physics, some other ones that they had little different like hooks, and they cool animations and thus and he did versions that were kind of like those and and um i said just go crazy do what the hell you want and show me something interesting and so then came back and alex is like yeah you know like those things are neat but it's like you couldn't learn from that yeah it's, it's what's going to teach you it's that, more like entertainment that's more like entertainment it's more like already i used to know that like how does that work again oh yeah that's cool you know i still think because in our discussion before you had said you were going to do the underlining and things like that by changing this, the document on the page. Mm -hmm. But I still think that there could be room, you know, in teaching, just when you circle something or when mm -hmm. you point to something, yeah, I think there could be room for like drawing I'm, on it, like I'm, handwriting drawing on it. I know? think you could very well be rewrite. You know, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying, you, I'm not, I completely okay. agree that that's a possibility. And I, yeah. I that's why I'm always saying, we got to build a prototype and then we'll know better. See what, yeah. We'll see what's what. We yeah. don't know. We're imagining things, but your imagination is not as good as seeing something that's in reality. That's true. That's true. And um, you get caught by that, so, you know, every time. 
Yeah, and there's always because you start using like, oh, this sucks, or why? Oh, this is the obvious thing. Why don't we think about that? Yeah, yeah. But um, it, but it was it was a good exercise because we we went, you know, and but Al and Alex and I were going back for it, and he's like, and I said, you know, I said I don't want you to feel bad that we're going to ignore ten of these things that you wanted, but there were four or five changes that were great that are smaller changes, but they're going to make everything better. But then there was also the downside of like, so what about the three hundred existing videos? Yeah. And I mean, now, now like, what, do we just leave them and then feel kind of annoyed? God, I wish we had figured this out like 250 videos ago or, but doing something like we're talking about, you know, solve the issue. You just, you'd always go back and easily just tweak things. Yeah. Which is, which, God, that'd be great. So, um, and, and, and and this was a realization that I came to as well when I, because that's why I created all the content for Nugget in text. And then when I was thinking, hey, it'd be real easy to just do like, to record speaking and, and sort of talking through that so cool like it's such a cool easy way that compared to video like video production itself is such a pain in the ass it's a pain in the you ass. know it's a pain in the ass it's so expensive. just doing audio and having text is like a million times and, easier and then the, te- the text can because because text and we say text markup yeah. which can generate all kind of different visual things yeah, yeah. i mean you know, or even text that drives, I mean, even if you create your own visual animation, unless it drives your own animations. I mean, it can be anything. That is true. That would be so easy to do as well. Yeah. So, you know, I was saying that you can just drop in function names at any point in the timeline. Those function names could be for animations, just little animation classes that you add or remove, you know, yeah. to your to your document, to make a to do whatever you want. Like maybe it's, circ, maybe it's circling a letter or whatever, and then it's all going to be 100% responsive and yeah, yeah, no, yeah. it's <laughs> super cool. And I, yeah. I, I, so anyway, I, I've gotten really excited about uh, thing. I, I, you know, I go through these periods <laughs> where I get really depressed about things, mm-hmm. yeah. which I think every entrepreneur is like, you think the like this is a huge waste of time. I'm wasting a lot of money. This is not going to work. And then you go and then you you know go on the opposite side. Oh, this is awesome. And one of the key things and I think I talked about this before is just having control. Yeah, over things. So taking control of the development process and really that's been a huge thing. But then the idea of like, look, let's just make this thing amazing. And and it's like every time we we take a step forward, like I could see the look at just he gets really excited like the wizards. Oh, man, that is awesome. Like all of a sudden, because he is super excited about this product as a cause. Like this is something he always wanted to do some kind of. So and then I, we, we were looking at this right before he came over we start talking about this idea and he's just like on one hand like oh that would be amazing he's like that would literally be a game changer nobody's we would be head and shoulders by everyone else and he's like but i don't see how you do it and i'm like it's not possible and i'm like eh, you know what i think it could be possible <laughs> you know so uh um you know i and, and that I, I think that was one of the things that i've been able to do is sort of imagine the possibility of doing things that seem ridiculous and i remember telling and I've done this a number of times is, you know, but one was the idea of building PowerPoint in a browser. I remember Guy yeah. was thinking that was insane. I couldn't do it. Or Guy said, yeah. yeah. And I, yeah well, he's like, okay, well, what do we do this? I do that. He's like, I don't, that's not possible. I'm like, all right, let's give it a shot. All right, oh, <laughs> the biggest one was when we tried to build an a editor in the browser by not using it in browser editing capabilities, but intercepting mouse clicks and keystrokes and then implementing by just ma- ma- manipulating the DOM, which was, insane in 2004 or five yeah but i was like i just kept saying almost like the first principle thing this has to be possible we can do this yeah and we did it and a part was part was because i could imagine it 
I could articulate it. I had a general idea of how I could do it. And also I brought in someone like Guyon who's, you know, really, really strong and together we were able to do it. And then same thing when I said back in, I don't know, it was 2011 or something. And I was like, we need a Node.js profile that works on, you know, the only one time worked apparently on Solaris or something. And we're going to build our own compile, our own profiler. And he's like, that's just not, I'm like, <laughs> Uh, you know, I think it is. <laughs> I'm like, I was like, all right, fine. And we do it. And, you know, we build this amazing. Anyway, I, I, so when everyone says like, oh, you can't do it. I said this exactly to him. He's like, that's how I'm like, Justin, <laughs> I did the and this. I said, Into I can do this. There's no reason that we can't do this. If, if we, if it's, you're talking about changing what's on a web page and what it looks like, there's always a way to make it happen. Yeah. And, um, you know, but it's just that you have to, um, you have to have this sort of like set this bar really high and say, "Damn it, we're doing this. We're gonna make something awesome," mm-hmm. and that by itself kind of propels you forward even more because you're like, "I know this is hard, and this might be expensive, and it might take my time more time than we'd like," but by creating something that's truly amazing, you know that there's value there. You know? Well, what's that? Um, I've forgotten what the you can you can like draw in, in a specific is it that is that SVG where you can draw and animate inside the page itself? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, what we would use is um, so the the way we do graphics on um, I don't want to give away too many of our tricks. Yeah, sure, no. But um, don't give away. Yeah, any I, of don't your tricks. Get, I don't want to get to the tricks, but yeah. we, we have a way of doing all that stuff. Yeah. Um, that I think is really. really what am cool. I thinking of? That there's there's a there's an element. You're talking about Canvas. SVG. I'm talking about Canvas. Canvas is yeah, canvas. bitmap. SVG yeah. is the vector graphics. Yeah. So what, what I'm saying is like, because you're saying anything you can think of, you can do on a web page. And I'm saying the reason why that is, is because worst case scenario, you can use draw. Canvas and just draw what the hell you want. You right. Know? Exactly. If, it, if, it, if it's made of pixels, you can draw it. You know? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So. Exactly. It just depends on how, how, how yeah. close to the metal you want to get. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, so speaking of that kind of thinking, I, um, one of the, things i was watching which was great is the um the uh muse- was it museum of of computer history or the computer history museum i think it's called um they have a, they have these oral histories where they interview these sort of computer science luminaries and stuff like yeah there was a james gosling created i watched the one of james gosling who created um java and it's like two two-hour interviews it's like four hours huh. yeah one was um other one i watched was uh, guido von rossum who created um python yeah, but I love. Yeah, the the best one, the one was just gr- I just loved. I don't know. I and and Justin to sit because Justin's sitting here next to me. We're getting on, and he was, and I'm like, is this as good as I think? He's like, yeah, this is really good. <laughs> I'm like, so this-, this is just something YouTube playing in the background. Yeah, you know, I have yeah. like he, he and he's I have this big desk. Where he's kind of sitting on one side with his laptop, kind of working. And I like, do you mind if I play? He's like, no, no. I'm like, are you sure? He's like, yeah. <laughs> so a couple times, I'm like. I'm like, this guy's annoying, right? He's like, yeah, I don't really get it. So we go on. <laughs> and so you've got your own little office environment with yeah. with coworkers. That's well, yeah. Awesome. Well, he we were just comparing that yesterday to like the like the show Silicon Valley. Yeah. He's like, I like the idea of working out of a house and starting. So I think it feels very like like genuine, like real. Because he's worked at startups before when he was in college. Or get, like he worked at like an analytics startup. I mean, this is Aviato. Aviato. So, so he goes, um, anyway, so, so, um, we're, we're, um, the one we're watching was Avi Tavanian or something like that. He was the guy 
who um, basically was in charge of Mac OS. So he built, when he was a graduate student at Carnegie Mellon, um, he was the one who was the first one on this project was to create this um, operating system that could run on multiple processors. And it was called Mach, like M-A-C-H, Mach OS. So, and they were given, um, I think it was digital equipment or something, gave them like um, a computer that had four processors, not one, but four, which was like amazing. But there was nothing to run it really, a separate so did he did he end up working for Next? Yep. Okay, so yeah. he he took that to Next. So and here then, I'm gonna tell a story. Yeah. Okay. Just yeah, the base, yeah. the outline yeah. of it. I okay. will just give the basic outline, which yeah. is that he was there, and then Steve, then Jobs, when he was running Next. So this is in the you know mid '90s or whatever, or, or in, and he comes to uh, our early '90s or something. Maybe he's late '80s, probably. Maybe he's late '80s. Um, he he comes to Carnegie Mellon meets with him. He hears about what this what they're doing at Carnegie Mellon at some conferences, some computer science conferences. And what they did, which was really smart, is they built, rather than trying to build a, a complete operating system from scratch with all the tools and compilers, they said everybody likes using, a lot of people like using Unix, which is still relatively new back then. Yeah. And so they built, in a, um, they sort of built BSD, the Berkeley distribution of Unix, on top of their microcode. So they did all the underlying stuff that would allow this to run on multiple processors, but using grep and sed and awk and yeah, yeah. the compilers, everything from BSD. So it would sort of work almost the same. Yeah. And so um, Steve Jobs found about him, came out. And so he was just getting his PhD around that time. And so then he came and became the senior vice president of software or something like that. Or basically he was in charge of... of well, maybe it wasn't that early, but he was basically in charge of the operating system for Next Step. Yeah. Because he was the one who built most of it. And then later when Apple came over, he was in charge of Mac OS because Mac, because when Apple, the reason Apple bought Next is because they could not, they needed a new operating system. And it was between, between Next and BOS. Mm -hmm. And and they did like kind of a bake off, and Next creamed it. I mean, Next was just way, way, way. And then that was how Steve Jobs got his foot back in the door, and then became well. He initially back to so, CEO. so he initially was not going to come on. He was just a friend of the company, like an informal advisor. Yeah, friend of Apple, because he wasn't sure whether this, where Apple was going to be a disaster or not. Okay. In fact, they gave him like 1.5 million shares, and the and they're pretty sure he he sold out immediately. Like he had no faith. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, but it was a soft landing for Next. And he was kind of spending some time at Pixar. But then... As was Pixar an offshoot of Next? No, no. Pixar was an offshoot of, of uh, Lucas Films. So George but, Lucas. But I mean, was the technology based on no. Next? Okay. No, it's completely separate company. Oh, okay. So, yeah. so George Lucas um, had created um, uh, some, some digital effects subsidiary that did a lot of that stuff. Yeah. And... Um, he wanted to sell it off, and then uh, I think um, Steve Jobs bought it. And huh. they didn't really have much back then. They, they wasn't a animation studio. They were like a, they were huh. like sending technology. They were like an effects company. So he just, yeah, he just like had. But a there vision. was like that last. It was a Jim Luster, who was the guy who who had this kind of little goofy like concept of like a to pre Toy Story kind of a thing. I, the, I the lamp going around. Something like that. Yeah. And then yeah. that came a kernel of a showcase. It just it was just to show off their technology. Yeah. And I, I don't remember, I don't know, the, I'm not as familiar with the Pixar story, but huh. anyway, he, this guy Avi is telling this whole story and through, you know, he, of course his life and college and, and, 
and grad school and then at next and then at Matt and then at yeah. Apple. Right. And then he, then of course iOS is based on all this. Yeah, I know. So right. All this stuff came from that. And at anyway, four hours. Great. I loved it. The guy was just really entertaining to listen to. It's really <laughs> funny. So the one of my favorite stories, just the other stories they go, cause he went to university of Rochester and they're like, so how, how did, so tell us how did you, you know, what, how'd you end up at the university of Rochester? He's like, well, so there was some kind of competition, like a math comp or something. And he got some, he won something that gave him a free application, paid for his application for the university of Rochester. Yeah. Okay? And instead of paying the 50 bucks, he could just go, it was something like it, it made it, it, it he, he was able to apply without having to pay. He thought he was confused because he thought university of Rochester was Rochester Institute of technology. <laughs> so he applied to the wrong college. <laughs> So when he's there visiting at, at uh, University of Rochester, they're like, and he's like, he's just about you know Rochester Institute of Technology. They're like, oh, that's a different college. <laughs> like he didn't know. <laughs> he's like, okay. And so he had he had gotten to Tufts, and they, that was a pretty good place. He he lived in Maine, and Tufts was I guess is a, a good school, and so they okay, maybe good. But they, well, someone recommended though you should go down to University of Rochester and check it out. So they go down there and that's when he finds out it's not the university he thought it was. But because University of Rochester was supported, had a close relationship with Xerox, they had an Alto there. Alto right. was the, what was the predecessor to the Mac and all things. It was they, they, at Xerox yeah. Park, they created object-oriented programming with Smalltalk. They created networking. They created um, the graphical user interface. They created the mouse. Was I that mean, the mother of all demos? No, that's um, you're thinking of a different. I can't remember. Oh yeah, but, but they, they had networking there. But yeah, I know what you mean. But Ethernet, they had yeah, all had 250 yeah. computers yeah. all networked up. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, so they had Alta there. So he little he had been programming, and the high school had a computer had like some kind of Vax, but it was all like punch card stuff. So his his mouth just drops. It's like I have to. They're like, well, you know, our grad students here, but we could probably get you some time in, and so many funny stories with that's this cool. stuff. But it was just, um, but. But him talking about Steve Jobs and his absolute insistence on just making things great and stuff, you just like it's inspiring. It's like to remind you, it's like, no, we have yeah. to do a great job. We're no, we're not gonna settle for something just because we know how to do it and it seems to be okay. Yeah. You know, like we gotta make something awesome. That's so that's so cool. So I would just, I would recommend first of all, I'd recommend that video, but so that's gonna be know. a link in the show notes, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. great. It's, it's four hours. I've I've watched it twice completely from scratch. It's just it's, it's just so entertaining. Yeah. Um, I gotta. I, gotta I have so much to talk about. Like, what time is it? I mean, but we've we've already done an hour and twenty, so we we can't. But all the stuff that I have to talk about, I prepared for last show. Yeah, I you know, last show. <laughs> but well, we we didn't get through much last show either. L um, I, I'm I'm happy to just talk about one topic, which I I feel it's my turn to bring up a topic right now. Okay, I want to talk about one other thing, and after I think this. you'll I think you'll okay. appreciate this topic. Um, it was the uh, John van norman was amazing and is existence proof um of the potential of mankind so Ooh, i have no idea who you're talking so, about so 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 this this guy um maybe um my speech to text screwed it up let me just double check i think Gosh, it's jo is it john van norman or john van neumann let me just double check here oh oh you're about john van neumann yeah neumann. Van neumann oh yeah so yeah. he's he was um that was it one of the greatest you, mathematicians yeah. of the 20th century i i know i've read a few books on this, him. The, yeah, he's, he he's just quite incredible like he's like he's essentially like someone who has fun 
someone who drinks like someone who's who's like a a regular kind of party guy yeah but he's just so intelligent that's that, absolutely brilliant. like absolutely. I, I love the quotes on the on the article that i was reading and you can put this in the show notes some of these other mathematicians who were amazing and they were saying he he uh, one guy said i read an interview of john and he was talking about how when he speaks to his 10 year old child he sort of has to dumb things down and has to and that's how he sort of gets things across and i wondered is that how he speaks to the rest of us you know because <laughs> yeah. he's just so like he's he was like a polyglot in so many different you know is it, we fields were, yeah you call and, poly polymath yeah created foundational thinking in like five different fields you know oh all over physics and math and logic and computer science it's called so, john voiman uh, von neumann architecture monte carlo simulations the whole the basic the foundation for game theory and economics. I mean, he just is all over the place. I had a great book. I has a great book I read. I'm called John. I was like game theory. It's like I don't know what it was called exactly. It was von Neumann and uh, game theory. It's amazing. It made me wonder if if we could genetically engineer our brains to be like that. If we could, because what what made me think along these lines was some someone said in the interview said. He he was a different species of human. He was almost know? like an alien. He, he was like an he was so so far so superior. I was just thinking, wow! Imagine if we could like engineer our brains to be like that. Yeah, we would be we what what would be the potential? Where could we go if there was more than just a couple of us? You know. Yeah. Um. So that was just really... like me and you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that but yeah, I just I mean I just I thought he was really interesting. I mean I'd love to hear some more stories about him. You know from from you like. Um. Well, so he um, I've I've probably had a few books of him about him over the, over the years. So he came from I believe it was Hungary, and there was a there was um a handful of ones actually four. It's like Wigner and Teller and von Neumann and somebody else I can't remember I'm blanking on his name I think he was the guy I'm thinking of I think was the one who took the idea of the nuclear bomb to Einstein um to uh, he starts the first name starts with an L I'm pretty sure that's him yeah anyway these guys they all came from Hungary this little tiny country and these are just and they were like what was in the water there like what you know, <laughs> so special. Um, yeah and I think they had the name from they call them the Martians <laughs> but he died when he was like 55 or something. Yeah, he got um, cancer, I think it was. So that's just crazy. I mean, well, he, he died. Well, they had him and they had um, they posted um, soldiers all around because he had access to so many uh, to, um, top secret, too much top secret information. They're worried that, you know, when you're kind of losing it, that you might be saying things that people can hear, shouldn't be hearing. So he he was. Um, so he was kind of these people who's like constantly traveling and he was like working for, he was high up in the government and sort of like, you know, almost like the predecessors to like DARPA or something. Yeah, and, yeah. And sort of bridging the scientific community with the defense community yeah. and projects and bringing money to these big projects and figuring out what should, kind of like a Vanover Bush kind but, of But also person. a really funny, jovial guy, Oh, he right? was a he was a partier and drinker. He and his wife always would host big parties for all the other professors and people. He was a really... It's um, just crazy lively guy he wasn't your typical like anti-social yeah nerd that you might expect a lot of mathematicians but a lot of so there are a lot of mathematicians who are not like introverted right yeah they're extroverted mathematicians but he was definitely one of the extremes he would always wear a suit he always looked really he was always very very i mean expensive suits and he liked money so he had always had nice cars <laughs> and nice suits like he liked he liked he liked kind of being a big shot a little bit you know like he yeah. had, like having a big shot of the government and he would but then of course he was such a such a genius guy like he would show up to these different lab laboratories um 
you know, are they like the Institute for Advanced Study when they had the ENIAC and they were doing a lot of the original um, work on the first real, one of the first real functional computers and they were like, hit all the ideas about weather prediction, uh, of course, um, you know, nuclear bomb simulation stuff, they're doing a lot of stuff there. Um, he, he had ideas on doing different types of economics and all these things. Um, but uh, he, he, when he would show up at a place, he would be swamped with people because anybody who was stuck on a problem <laughs> would be like, kind of, he'd be like walking to the hall, people were coming up, and he'd be like solving the problems as he's just talking to me. He's like, oh yeah, blah, blah, blah. This is like, all right, nice. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, he would, and they were just like, that is incredible. Oh man, I hope that there's going to be like a, a movie about him or something. Yeah, there hasn't been, uh, you know, but there's a, um, I have a book or two up here. I, you know, of course, you can search on Amazon for John von Neumann. Yeah. And there's probably a dozen, at least a half a dozen good books on him. Okay. You know, yeah. like I, I read one, it was like, you know, like von Neumann and the birth of the computer and uh, computer revolution or something, von Neumann and game theory, you know, there's, and it basically tells his biography, but it's also more, but then focusing on whatever that is, you know. Basically, it appears to me that he's, like people always talk about Einstein or whatever, but when you when you when you read the quotes from the people who were the Einsteins, they're like, this guy was like, even you know he was just cra he was just crazy good because he had so much breadth. So somebody his. who knew both of them, I remember saying something like this that, so like Einstein's ideas, okay, here's here, like there was a difference of if I can remember this correctly. So von Neumann was like a machine whose processor was just way faster than ours. And he yeah. could just do all these calculations and figure everything out. Yeah. Where Einstein would pull something out of nowhere and be like, where the hell did that even come from? <laughs> like he was like a creative genius. I see. Whereas, yeah. not that there wasn't a lot of creativity, you know, in John Noman's brain, and not that there isn't incredible computational power in Einstein's brain, but that was the way that they kind of described the difference. like. If we're like, well, how do we figure this out? He'd just be like, bum, 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 you know, do all these, all these massive calculations and <laughs> it's like kind of impossible. How is he doing that so quickly in his brain? You well, know? he also is no, you know, okay. So he was numerous people claim that he had what's an eidetic memory. Oh yeah, hundred percent memory. So he could go back and think about, you know, oh, it was page number three, word number four. Like he, he could go and like yeah, just start yeah. reciting lines out of books, like yeah. page after page. To the point where people finally have to tell him to stop. Yeah. Like, okay, okay, okay. Like, he could just, oh, page number 27 of the Iliad. And he'd be like, blah, 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 blah. He'd be like, what? <laughs> yeah. So if you remember everything or nearly everything that you've read and thought about, and then you can synthesize all that Talk stuff. Talk about working. Like, they said, you know, you know, we we discussed a few years ago how working the size memory. of your working memory is really important, you know, to your IQ. Talk, I mean, imagine having a working memory where you can just remember everything. Okay, so that's different than working memory. Okay. So he has incredible access to his long-term memory. Okay. Which is what that is. It's like basically having, you know, yes, it's like a having. It's like your long term memory is your working memory, I guess yeah, is what well, I'm saying. Well, working memory is like everything that when you're solving a problem or thinking about it's, it's, you know, l l let's say that the, the table in front of you is your memory. Yeah. Most people can have um, something like in the order of three to seven independent things in their, in their working memory at one time to solve a problem. Right. Um, so that's why it can be pretty hard when you're solving a math problem. It's like, I have to know, you know, the elements of the, of the step that I'm trying to do in intermediate results and just understanding about how this type of problem works to solve it. You know, people with a lot of working memory might have nine or 10 slots. Yeah. Right. So the working memory is very highly really, um, correlated to, um, 
the the what's known as G, which is the core of your IQ. Okay. So they're they're highly highly they're highly correlated, and and, and which I think makes sense. Anyway, he probably had a really high, um, uh, working a lot of electric memory, but he also had this access to his long term memory. He, I mean, he was simply astounding. So uh, every, so everything ima- I read about him. Yeah. So imagine if we were all like that. That would just be. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> there'll, there'll, but there's going to be a point, right? So there's going to be a point where we understand how to turn ourselves into that. Now, I don't know. There'll be that's a lot through. of resistance to any type of genetic engineering that makes us better than what we are. I mean, eventually it will. It'll be outlawed. And like a thousand years time, I'm thinking. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm mean, like, it, there's going to be a point where we just, what else? What else are you going to yeah, do? Yeah. It, it would be ridiculous not to be that if everyone was that. Although the eth- the ethical the ethicists, I guess, will resist that because well, unless everybody can do that, it's not fair. Right. Right. But again, not everybody can have an iPhone. Not everybody gets to go to college. Not everybody gets to live in the United States. Not everybody gets to have access to running water. I mean, right? I mean, it's like there's the world is inherently unequal it will always be unequal but wouldn't so you do you like, think you'd be i mean wouldn't we get to the point where you'd be able to do that after the fact so basically you'd be able to run a kind of crispr routine through your body and then it's going to turn you into a von neumann the people you know? still resist. I, i'm just saying i i agree with you like because <laughs> whenever people have asked me well what do you think about genetic engineering i'm like well it doesn't matter what i think it's going to happen because anything that, pr- that provides that kind of a massive upgrade that kind of advantage yeah people are going to do it whether oh, yeah. it's you know, on the black market or whatever. Right. People have to go to other countries or they have doing it in some warehouse and some, you know, CD area just to get it done. They will do it. Yeah. People will pay for that, you know. So if and I could, it, like, if I could give myself a 300 IQ and infinite working memory and all this kind of stuff and it cost me $100,000 and I had to do it on the sly, I'd be, hell yeah, I'd do it. Especially if there was, like, very, very low chance that there was any sort of side effect. Like Rick and Morty. Like you'd be like Rick. In, in, am I right in thinking that Rick is the most intelligent man in the universe in the show? In the context of the show, I don't watch Rick and Morty. I haven't really. I don't oh, really you don't? No. Oh. Um, I watched one episode and I. It was funny. So I, I've always thought I should. But a yeah. buddy of mine, James, so funny, is always trying to get me to. It's so funny and so intelligent. Like it's no what. And in fact, Elon Musk is such a huge fan that he was in the le- the last episode uh, in an alternative universe called Elon Tusk. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll give it a shot. Oh my god, it's so good. Speaking of shows, yeah, you know what you want to, uh, that I've been watching. So we watch a handful of different shows. You know, of course, the the season ends, and then it's like you have to wait. So a few Sandy's been trying to like bail out on. Yeah, and I've been trying right. to like, no, you can't bail out. on. We're doing it together. She's like, I don't care. Watch it. You're like, but you don't understand. <laughs> it's like this, you know. And and, and uh, one of them was um, one of them was Mr. Robot. She she's like, you can just watch that without me. I love that show. Is it still going now? Is it, yeah, is, this, is there... the last season is up now. I don't know what it is, season four or five. Oh, okay, great. I'm and uh, it's up. Uh, and another one that she wants to bail on on is Preacher. I haven't seen it's it. It's kind of ultraviolet. It's good. It's a. It's a like based on a comic. It's it's kind of vampires and just crazy, all kind of crazy stuff. But the craziest show that I've ever seen is Legion. I, I was telling you about this. Yeah, yeah. So I uh, told you. Like, are the, you I, sure you told me? I did. I said you've got to watch Legion. It, it, it is the craziest one because I've been watching it since the very came it came out. The it very is beginning. the craziest show. It's in fact it's an acid it's, trip. It's so crazy that I think they create new concepts of television. Yeah, you know. So so <laughs> season three. Are you watching season three now? Do you, you know that we we get, 
Jack goes to school with with the actor, actor's kid. David? Yeah, I see him every time I pick Jack up. Oh, wow. Every time I pick Jack up, there he is. (laughs) That's crazy. It's hilarious. Right here in Pasadena. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Well, funny enough, I think the house that's in season three is in South Pasadena. I'm almost positive I've seen that house. Okay, yeah. It looks exactly like South Pasadena. Yeah. Anyway. um, It is crazy. That's a, it's an acid trip of a show, but it's really, really interesting. And the, 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 I saw the, what was that, episode four or five, there was this, Again, it's trippy stuff. It's supposed to take place in the 70s and all that stuff. And it's sort of like in this, like, it's non-reality between the Are you talking guys. about this last episode? Yeah. Now, this last season? This last season. Yeah. And the guy goes, there's the only way to resolve, there's, there's, there's the only way to resolve this. Rap battle. <laughs> so- <laughs> I was, I was the greatest rap battle ever. I was like, oh my God, this is so stupid. And then it started listening. I'm like, this is amazing. And I, I, I had Sandy watch it this morning because she fell asleep halfway through. And I think she really cared. But I'm like, oh, no, no, no. You got to watch this part. Have you noticed how um, the where they bring the word legion in every time uh-huh. they do it differently? Uh-huh. It's like a different kind of visual concept. Have you noticed how how often they create they sort of go into different filmmaking genres and like just they just make it look different? Yeah. I, I I literally think they just go okay, like thumb through a book of all the possibilities that have ever been done on television, well, and they're like, okay, let's try and do that. You know, let's try and do a musical. Let's try and do this. Let's try and do that. Yeah, I. So I would recommend people watch it unless you just. It goes deep. It's it's a it's, rabbit hole. It's, it's deep. It's it's an it's an acid <laughs> trip. You have to be like, look, I'm just going to be along for the ride on this. Yeah. But it's 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 good. It's good. The um. The other one which I got to start watching is out now. Silicon Valley. The latest season is out on that. Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, I. Uh, I've. Well, I want to watch it, but I'm just like I don't know. I'm not inspired for some reason. Have you? Have you? Are you, are you caught up to the last season? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think I, I just think I stopped watching it, and then I just didn't really feel like getting back into it again. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of happened to me in Walking Dead. Yeah, like, like I'm like Walking I Dead. fell off the wagon like season six, but I gotta. I feel like I should go and walk and watch it. It's okay. Are you, I mean, are you it's just more it? of the same. Yeah. I mean, what episode? What season? Just because, because there's but there isn't much to watch these days. Like I've watched so much. I think really? I'm like, I think I'm caught up. Yeah. I mean, st- stuff that you've told me about like Bosch, like I haven't started. Dude, I don't want to start something because I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to such a binge watcher and it's going to like kill a month, you know, it's going to really <laughs> ruin me. Have so I'm like, yeah, I don't want to. Goliath? I want to get into that. No, that same thing with that. Those so I'm looking for stuff Bosch. that's light, but that also has a few episodes, you know, that where it's not going to completely okay, addict so you, me. Uh, it's just so one, one that, um, and I meant to bring this up earlier. There's a documentary. So, you know, the movie that's out Ford versus Ferrari. No, you've seen that was a no. movie. It's out right now, right? It's Ford okay. versus Ferrari. So, yeah. so basically Ford puts a, um, a, into the, uh, they put a car, they want to try and beat Ferrari in Le Mans, which is like the, uh, 24 hour race. It's like the biggest. Okay. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And, um, Anyway, so Matt Damon is in it, and it's it's, oh, a, it's, a, it's, it's a movie, it's a big, big, big movie. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, it's out right now. And so we went, Sandy, when we took the kids to it, like so a, American, like a week or two ago. That's so dumb. What? It's so dumb. It's like such a typical American movie. Oh, Americans better than everyone. You know, we're well, finding a way to be better than we're finding a way to be better than Ferrari. Well, we're just just silly old Ford. We are. I mean, <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway. I, mean, I don't know what the, the deal is with your beef is. No, um, <laughs> but no, they they got this big war because enzo ferrari basically used they he led on Ford because ford wanted to buy ferrari and he led them on and then um really insulted them in the end 
but 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 because he wanted to raise the price, he wanted to be sold. He wanted to be bought by Fiat. Hmm. So it really pissed off Henry Ford, and so okay. he was like, "We're gonna beat the asshole," you know, at his own game. And so that's how thing starts. Um, so the main guy, and one of the main guys in there is Carol Shelby. So Carol Shelby is the guy who basically was in charge of building the cars and all this kinds of stuff. And he's this, he was this amazing race car driver, right? And he, he had, um, he just would win everything and all stuff. And he, but he was also this crazy entrepreneur and he started his own car company and all these things. And he started this car, they wanted to create a car that could beat, could get a top speed up to where Ferrari was because they couldn't, the stuff they were doing they couldn't. They had a Cobra, which was beating all the Corvettes. The Cobra, you remember the Co- you know the Cobra? Yeah, it was an awesome looking car. And so this one guy came across these um, these these ideas that came out of Germany before the war. But mm. all, all everything was basically all the factories and stuff and all the information was blown up during the war, so they didn't have anything left. But there's yeah. some very basic top level drawings about aerodynamics and body design. And so there was this body design where the back end was much higher up and and kind of bulkier and stuff and people looked at it and it's like it looked like the dumbest thing in the world to me i look i'm like that is that looks so badass yeah, yeah. but to their 1963 eyes yeah four eyes it looked so stupid that the lead engineer was like that is so stupid i refuse to work on it that is just <laughs> and they brought in all these phds from one of these um um air, airline airplane manufacturers who came and said that's not going to work you're better off if you just have everything come to a point in the back kind of like a plane but they like, but then they found it didn't work because it created all this turbulence and stuff huh. but they actually built it and, and it had like it was added like it, instead of topping at 150 it went to like 185 or miles wow. an hour or something like that anyway it just kicked ass but it was one of these things when we're talking about the design everyone hates something that's too like different. the truck yeah but then when it just kicked everyone's ass and then you go watch it Lamont and it's like beating Ferraris and beating Porsches and beating everything. Then now all of a sudden, like, actually, that's kind of really cool. That's really cool. Now right. people think it's really cool. That's what's going to happen with, I'm guaranteed that's going to happen with the Cybertruck. People start looking yeah. more. Yeah. But anyway, the, there's a there's a documentary on Netflix. It's just called Carol Shelby. Okay. And you know who, um, um, I'm blanking on his name, um, uh, I'll think on in a second, but a famous comedian uh, does a, one of the biggest com- uh, podcasts. Um, Joe Rogan? No, comedian. Oh, um, well, I guess he comedian. Uh, who's a, who's who's the, who is one of those popular comedy podcasts? I don't know. Um, Jared, Ricky Gervais. Mm-mm. That's a good oh, guess, though. But Ricky Amer- Gervais is one of the most popular comedy. He's an American. He's American, though. Oh, uh, Will he- Farrell. Now he used to do um, he used to do Loveline for years. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. so he produced this um, Carol Shelby documentary, yeah. and um, he also uh, anyway. So he, I, I heard him talking about it on like on like a morning show. I just happened to get the car, and I was I think we we're going to airport or something, and I was listening to him talk about like Ford versus Ferrari. He's like, oh, I created this documentary five years ago, and I guess it's on Netflix. And of course, now it's big on Netflix because everyone's watching Ford versus Ferrari. And it's about this Carol Shelby guy. He's this innovator, and he hits bust, and he comes back from the beginning, you know, and and, and, <laughs> and hits the high again. And he's, oh, and it's, and it's just like, it's, again, it's one of these inspiring things. So it's like, you at any time you're like, you know, as a startup person, always getting like, as an entrepreneur, being like depressed and like, anxious it's like all you do is watch all of these all of these guys who've done this stuff were there yeah like they, they put it all there. on the line yeah like they worked their asses off but they, they they said screw it i'm going after it and they are they and they're always and they're always fine in the end you know almost always i guess they're examples of, but it was like where they're watching about 
you know, jobs. Well, that's or survivorship lost. bias, right? It could be survivorship yeah, yeah, bias. Yeah. But I think but I think you have to I don't think you're gonna succeed at doing anything great unless you approach it from that way. Like we are going to do something great. Oh, you insist you're gonna fail. You're gonna have some really bad. Yeah. Oh man, you're gonna times. burn, you're gonna fade rough yeah. times and stuff and but I mean there were I mean Next was a failure and a lot they they built this machine and it was too expensive and nobody bought it and they it had was. a lot of problems. So oh, it, was, yeah. it was a failure, but it was a really good technology. Well, the hardware company was a failure. The the, the next machine, the the cube, it was beautiful, but it was yeah. too expensive. Yeah. Um. But then they were able to kind of um, build a. Um, I don't exactly know what their financials were, but they were able to build, I guess, a, a company that could stay afloat for the software company. Yeah. Their object-oriented um, programming stuff. They had web objects, which would allow companies to kind of build websites much, much more quickly than they would otherwise. I mean, this is really early days of the web. When, pe- wow. the, when anyone is doing anything, they're writing Perl scripts or using like CGI yeah. and yeah. C stuff. Yeah. I mean, this is you know, way back. <clears throat> wow. um, but they actually had really cool kind of drag and drop, you know, object-oriented you know, web. I remember development. that. I remember that. Remember stuff. web objects? Yeah. 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 So, but he, he lost a lot of money and they really, they really struggled. You know who one of the, one of his investors was, um, Ross Perot. You remember really? Ross Perot? He yeah. Was, the, yeah. The guy yeah. ran for president. Yeah. <laughs> he was one of the, he was like the, I think one of the major, most, he was the major investor outside of, I think, jobs, I, I think, and, uh, and next. Oh. Anyway, um, I, I would highly recommend the Carol Shelby. Even if you're not a car guy, I'm not nearly a car guy, but it's it's all the same. Well, it's like you you said to watch. I mean, you're not a hamburger guy, and you but you recommended to watch The Founder, and it was a good it was a good movie you, to watch. You yeah, watch I did. That? It was good. Yeah, it was interesting. Really good. It was interesting on so many different levels. You know. Yeah. Interesting because of how, you know, on one sense he really screwed over the McDonald's guys, but on another sense he really out executed them. You know. You know, I, like, I actually didn't. I don't have a lot of um, sympathy for the McDonald's guys because they, yeah. they became millionaires. No, they 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 were they they, didn't they were do weird. anything. Like they basically didn't do anything. Well, and they were, they were too, do They were that. too precious about it. They 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 tried to hamstring him at every point. And they were never going to grow it. And he found a way out of being hamstrung. Okay, so, so. you know one thing we should both do. There's a there's another <laughs> documentary I just saw. It's called The Real Founder. Oh, okay. And, yeah. and it's about. The, the McDonald's guys, I think, is a response to the founder. Oh, really? I just I just happened to see that I added it to my watch list. Oh, we should check so, it out. Yeah, probably worth worth. Interesting. So here, two sides of the story. You know, when you watch something. Yeah, yeah, two sides. And you exactly. watch, oh, this guy's totally guilty. And you hear yeah. the second half, you're like, oh, he's not guilty at all. What am I yeah. thinking? So real quick, I know we probably need to. How, how long? How long has it been? We've been one forty, and um, you had a few things you want to go through, and that's fine. I mean, I'm I can hold hold my stuff off till next time. So I uh, just one last thing I wanted to say. Um, so I was talking to um, Phil about this because um, he's he's talking about the idea of doing two different juggling two projects. He's like, "Well, can I do this stuff on the side, but then do this other thing?" And you know, and he was asking, you know, my opinion. And he's like, "Well, how do you how do you do two two things at once?" And I said, "Well, it's hard." Yeah. First of all, I said, "But." I don't do like I've I've thought, oh you know just spend the morning on one and the afternoons on the other I said that could work if like you were at a physical location in the morning and you came home or something like that or I do one day on one day off I said in theory that sounds really good but usually what happens is I stick with one thing until I either hit some kind of emotional stopping point where I'm depressed or frustrated and then I'm just like oh, I'll just go work on this other thing or 
if I feel so guilty about this other thing, like, oh God, I got to get back to that. Yeah. And then, so it's like, what's really interesting is because I'm ultimately so emotional about all this. I mean, you really look down how you're feeling about things. Sometimes you don't feel, it's not like I'm running around screaming or whatever, but it's like you have, if you look inside yourself, you're like, yeah, I'm really kind of feeling depressed about it right now. I'm really feeling anxious about it. I'm really feeling excited about it. And so what I try and do is I try and use rationality to manage the emotionality. You know, where it's like, you know, as soon as I'm working on something and I'm, I'm, I'm running into, I'm having some emotional difficulty with it. It could be the, it's emotionally difficult because I can't figure something out or I don't know what to do or I'm worried about something. But by, I said, all right, let me just switch context, work on this other thing, and it gives me a kind of relief. But then I can make progress on this other thing. And then usually the, emo, the emotional equation will adjust. Like maybe because I'm doing the second thing, I'm getting, I'm getting feeling really good about myself because I made a lot of progress and a lot of headway. And now I feel like I have the psychological sort of resolve to go back to the first one or, or vice versa. So, and I'd be curious what, you, what your thoughts are on this, but so I don't have, which is unsurprising because I'm so like informal about everything. So it's probably not surprising that I don't have like a framework, but there is a framework. It's just, I basically use my emotional disposition or, you know, to, to guide what I do. It's really funny that you bring this up. There was just some, um, there was like a discussion about remote work, you know, how difficult it was mm -hmm. to have discipline. And I, about this exact thing that you're asking, I right. just posted, I said, look, you know, I don't have discipline. I basically, the only thing I can do now, and I've learned that I just have to watch my brain. And when it's ready, then I, when it's, when it wants to do the work, my brain just independently wants to work on that. Then I jump in and I get in the zone and I do like two hours of work and it's like worth a week, you know? And you try and, and the thing yeah. is you don't want to stop it because once you have momentum, once you've achieved that, you want to ride that as long as you can. Well, it's difficult for me to to, to ride it for longer than a couple of hours because of because of Jack and yeah. my my life situation. So now I find I find I'm like super. It's like super work. It's like two hours, and it's like like really hard, much harder than I used to work for two hours. Really in the zone, and I just wait for my brain to get in the space to do it, and for the for the uh this what's it called like the situations in the environment to be mm -hmm. you know available so that i can do the two hours work mm -hmm. so i just sort of jump in i want to do it i can do it i know that they're going to be home in two hours and i just get as much done as i can and then wait for the next available you know the opportunity window. yeah yeah well that's, 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 <laughs> that's the best i can do <laughs> I, but i get it but, done but when you have more than one thing to do yeah how do you do multiple? You have two that, that's, projects. That's exactly what I mean. I've thing. got like five projects right now. Right, and that's right. exactly what I do. And I sort of cycle through the projects and I, I sort of, I, I'm constantly watching my brain. Which one do I really want to work on? Which, which problem do I really want to solve right now? And then I just sort of jump in. Like I haven't done speak or nugget for like a month or two at this point. I've been doing other stuff, you know, just because that's what I need to do. That's what I want to do. That's what and has you make to be progress. done. You make progress on those things. A lot of progress. Yeah. A lot of progress. Yeah. That's the yeah. thing. It's like, but when you have, so for me, when I have, when I have momentum on something, I'll ride that thing to the end over days. I mean, even well, if it's are, like, you, you are so lucky. I mean, the, like the way that you've got it right now, where you can work full days is like, that is Nirvana for me. I mean, I can't do that right now. It's so right. hard. But you know, Jack will be in kindergarten pretty soon. Yeah. He'll, he case, will be. He'll be yeah. at least for eight hours a day. He'll be gone. I don't know about eight hours a day. Well, you know, because George is doing homeschooling. Yeah. Well, anyway, that's interesting. I, I just find, I mean, 
it was it was funny talking to Phil about that, and I was just saying, you know, you could switch days and stuff, but I would really not switch within a day at the very least, you know, or ever try to do that. I would always always make the break on a day, but a lot of times it might go like I could I can get behind four or five days. Sometimes I go a week not working on something, and then I but then I feel really guilty, and then I go like a bat out of hell you for like a week or two, yeah. and then I get a ton done, yeah, you know, and um. Yeah, but it's just funny because I don't think of myself as an emotional person. I think of myself as fairly like oh, intro, but I very you I are I'm I mean, very you completely. I mean, that's what Phil always says about you. He does. <laughs> yeah. What does he say? I, again, not on the show. <laughs> <laughs> What's Phil we'll say? That, talk about that afterwards. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What's that bastard saying? <laughs> um, no, he's probably right. You know, Phil. Phil knows me really well. Yeah. He knows me really well. That's for sure. There, there was one other thing. I'm um, just, a, just this is super quick. Okay. Um, I can't remember where I saw this, but maybe it was I heard some heard a writer talking about it. But technology solves too many problems. But did were we talking about this on the show already? So basically, um, a lot of writers like the reason why you're seeing stuff like um, uh, what's that one on Netflix? The this the Stranger Things. Yeah. The reason why that's happening a lot of stuff being said in the 80s is because um, iPhones oh, we don't solve have, too many problems. We don't have any problems. So we don't have any problems. Solve too many problems. Yeah, every, like, I can communicate with anyone at any one time. Yeah, There's no miscommunication or we don't know where they are. Of course, we just... Like it's getting more unbelievable, unbelievable to say that, you know, um, a connection is lost in the wilderness, things like that. So it's just really difficult to write good drama with iPhones. In, in, in contemporary times. Yes, exactly. And that's why so many people are doing time travel stuff. So many people are doing stuff Back set in the, in the 80s. Yeah. Period pieces, because yeah. then you could say, "Oh, well, they didn't know, and there was yeah. miscommunication." And I thought about that myself too. It's funny yeah. you said that. I, I thought about that as well. It's like, yeah, how are you gonna, how are you gonna create these? Because it's, it's like that Romeo and Juliet problem, right? They did know, and one one thinks the other one's dead. And yeah, I don't want to be a, just be a spoiler for you, but <laughs> <laughs> I know I think most people know how Romeo and Juliet is. <laughs> Wow, you're such a stickler for not being a spoiler, <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> but uh, yeah, but uh, you know that kind of a scenario. I mean, there's a lot of um, relationship-based drama, uh, drama that drama only, plots only works because you can't reach someone because they don't know what the other person yeah, is thinking. Yeah, and they misunderstand. And yeah, it's hard. Um, oh, speaking of of movies and stuff, though, there's other great show that we just started watching that came on. It was. Uh, have you seen like the um, the the documentary series? I think it's Netflix on the toys that made us. I've heard of it, but I didn't oh, watch it. Oh, really good. Is it good? They're really fun. Um, it looked. I mean, it looked it, like they. Have, the first thing I saw was Stretch Armstrong, and I remember having a Stretch Armstrong. Oh, I haven't seen that. When we did yeah. those ones like uh, the uh, He Man and yeah. stuff, and uh, the Star Wars. Anyway, those are great. But the another another series with the same narrator, and I'm sure the same producer, is called The Movies That Made Us. Oh, okay. And last night we watched Dirty Dancing, which was great. And the next ones is like Die Hard and like Love Back Die. to the Future. So I don't Does know. it have Blade Runner in there? It has to. I don't think it. This only did four. Okay. Okay. Um, but this it was great. It was great. That's and awesome. So I, I recommend that. I just, I mean, it's the kind of perfect thing you watch with the family, right? Yeah. It's a great thing to watch at night. The kids are like, why are they doing that? Why do they call it? And they're like, this case, this was huge in 1986. <laughs> this is a big deal. Was I talking to you about that movie, The Murder Mystery? It's called Murder Mystery on Netflix. Did we, did we talk about I, that? I do remember you saying. Something uh, yeah, and I was saying it. like the, this whole the whole gen, this whole new generation they just don't know what a murder mystery is. So of course it they put it on Netflix and like you know 25, 30 million people watch it. It's like wow, that's 
so oh, cool. Oh, you were, that's not the one with Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, and, Jennifer Aniston and uh, Thingy. Um, thingy. What's his name? Uh, Adam Sandler, yeah. Oh, the guy I was thinking of who did the who um who did Carol Shelby and stuff is Adam Carolla. Oh, Adam Carolla, yeah. I can't believe I couldn't think of him. Like, and the reason I think that he probably I I I I'm wondering if the reason he did Carol that whole thing on Carol Shelby is people probably told him he looks just like Carol Shelby. And like that's coincidental. Like you're you have an obsession with Carol, you know this <laughs> you know you produced this movie. It's like and you look just like him. Um, it's like on Hacker News. Like the same stories just keep coming over when the new when the new batch of people. Who haven't seen the old stories, right? So then we they get we resubmitted. Through, so yeah. you sort of, you know, we keep we keep reliving through the same, you know, database abstraction type stories. You know, every three years or whatever. Right. right we got to go through that. Yeah. All right. So we, um, I think we're done. Right. It's yeah. been about two hours. A uh, li- little under, but it's 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 a short it's one in for the range. us. But yeah. you know, last one was a long one. Yeah. And, I, I think and now that. we're going to do them more often. Yes, we are. Assuming you actually can uh, get down here from your mountain uh, <laughs> refuge. Are you sure you're like oh, you're like prepping? Are you looking at like a preppers up there? Are you gonna have like your water and your, your power? I do think that we're supposed to have a generator because the power was just out up there for a week. So oh, right. I probably have to find a, a, way, a generator or something. Yeah, like that. you might be. Yeah, because when you're up in the mountains like that, you're always subject to those fires. Can always be. It dangerous. happens like once a year or something, a couple times a year that you get snowed in for a few days. Or, or fire you burn that'll be out. fun that'll be fun all right well cool well i'll keep my fingers crossed that uh <laughs> <laughs> you don't get snowed in or burned out in the next six weeks so at least until the next show um but hey you can always uh camp here if you need a place to crash <laughs> all right so that's a wrap we're out